0: The Dode Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Ronnie, he's Paul, I've tanned the McDonald's, he's working on 60-minute makeover, and another Saturday about football when it was a Sunday date with them. Pump and Abdi, scoring for fun. What could possibly go wrong? Join the conversations on our socials. We are at Dode Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.
1: Coming up on this week's episode... The Rangers Review, Stay at Home Scrandis Liga, Who Am I, Dundee United Supporters Foundation, AGM, New Contracts, The Loan Report, The Women's Team, Christmas Raffle, The Academy, On This Day with the Arab Archive, and Stevie Campbell is our special guest. It's all coming up on episode 77
0: of the Dode Fox Podcast.
2: Hi, I'm Ryan Gold. You're listening to the Dode Fox Podcast.
0: So, welcome back to the Dodo Fox Podcast. Another Saturday without football. What did you get up to, Mister Nick Knowles?
1: Uh, well, I was
0: uh, I was dodging decoration. That's what I was
1: doing. Uh, yes, I, I was back and forward. I was the runner, both moving into my new my new house, my wee humble two bedroom flat. Uh, I was I was back and forward to B and Q quite a lot because I'm hopeless at painting and any sort of anything in the house. So I was the runner which was cool because I've got a team behind us, my sister, sister-in-law, old man's partner, even were mate's show mucked in away a wee bit of painting. Everything's getting done and uh, I've barely got any paint on it, so it's uh, it's a bonus.
0: I think you've I think you've got a good side of the bargain there now that you're in Shaggers Avenue.
1: It, my side of the street can't be called that. <laughs> no.
0: No. You go further up it's on the other bad. side, it could definitely oh, be called it's, that. It's, I'm a,
1: I'm in the co oh, it definitely is,
0: uh. Maybe maybe the, in the intro the there explorer. about pumping Abdi scoring for fun might relate to that man. Who knows? Um, but that was <laughs> it. You were you were pretty much sixty minute makeover that's probably gonna take you what, sixty days? At least.
1: At least. I mean, and if I'm in charge of it, sixty years. So thanks to the, the family for stepping in and bailing my ass out.
0: Hey, and like Dean Kett said, the hoodies must be flying out the door for you to be buying mm. New Gaffs. Well, if only he'd seen it <laughs> during pandemics. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: stick of the dump. I bought it for him. can I hide the so, dosh. Nah, uh, no, I
0: can't. That's quite a. There's obviously quite. A, there's obviously quite a sad story to it. You know, the person that lived in there passed away and whatever. But they were a D. They've sold the house to an Arab.
1: The, the gentleman was a D that had the house, and uh, when I went up to view it and to buy it, it was his his two daughters that I bought it or that were speaking to me about it, and they're United fans. Uh, oh well they're, so they're, they're clever cool. then so, right. so that's that's why they took 20 grand off the asking price it was uh, it was it was lovely it was lovely <laughs>
0: <laughs> no it's good and my dog pitched on your carpet so that's a laugh
1: correct Christmas for the harbour brilliant <laughs> dirty swine
0: um, so that was your Saturday I have to say I, uh, I, I did very little with, uh, with Saturday didn't really even keep an eye on the wee team up the road uh, to hell off at or none nah, it just didn't really it kind of passed me by um, obviously you look at the results full time and stuff and I think we already knew we were up against it day. I and mean, when results maybe didn't go quite furry, no not the worst because we didn't actually move you know it didn't uh, totally mm-hmm. affect what um, which is the we said this last year about the championship mind that mind when we were playing pretty shite for a few games and we didn't we win, lucky, yeah. and we yeah. were still top the league at times, so it was a wee bit like that, and uh, the Rangers came calling to Tannadise today, uh, we are literally two hours after full time uh, doing this, and uh, I think, let's be honest, we were I uh, feeling the worst?
1: I certainly was, yeah, uh, I mean going on our group chat there was a few people giving it oh, it's Craig Brewster's birthday today, we're, we're going to win 1-0. And I wasn't feeling it. I didn't. I wasn't sure. Happy birthday, Craig. Other than, happy birthday, Craig. Po- podcast friend, as Ronnie will call him. Uh, it's, yeah, I didn't see where that optimism was coming from. I, I thought we were up against it massively today. Uh, and I thought that it could. Because if, in, a, in a game like today, if they get an early goal, you just n- you just never know what could happen. You know it could turn into a sporting disaster, mm-hmm. uh, but it, but that never happened, thankfully.
0: Yeah, and um, out of the the quarantined eleven, we'll call them. Uh, Jamie Robson was back. Mm-hmm. He, he's uh, I don't know. I don't know how the days work or or anything like that, but he was back, Mickey Mellon back in the, the dugout as well. Um, obviously, we have Stevie Frails, n- no, no feeling great, as the manager alluded to, so get well soon, Stevie. Uh, and to the rest of the players, I think it's pretty much sitting at him watching watching the game on the telly until they're back on, I don't know, Tuesday, I would assume it, given well my Tuesday off. who knows. But it's, it, it, it's good to hear that the players are getting back, you know, because when you look at the day, Great to see seven Academy graduates on the bench. I didn't expect in December against Rangers. This is the last game of the season stuff. But it is what it is. It's a situation yeah. we find ourselves in. Uh, but that uh, great to see uh, so many young boys on there. Uh, I know we'll mention one of them later on. and One got his debut today, which of course we'll bring up as well. You kind of fit, felt the worst. The team come out and the first thing is working out a formation. You know when you see, you know Jamie Robson's on, Adrian Spoiler's on. How we're playing? Sky threw up a graphic. Somebody sent to me. We're playing three four three, and somebody said Adrian,
1: <laughs> how do they get these graphics? Like, it's complete nonsense. They were discussing it on the radio as well because I was driving about trying to get things done before kickoff, and Billy Dodds was like, oh, it could it could be three four three? And you're thinking, have you have you watched United this year? It's just, it's not going to be a 3-4-3 three, three here. Against Rangers, not a chance. We're going we're to play two up against Hamlin. We're not going to play three up against Rangers, you dafty.
0: <laughs> and uh, so so that's kind of, you're trying to work out with the formation is. Somebody said, I mean, Adrian Spiller could be in the 10. I thought, might be a good place for him, to be fair. But mm-hmm. it was pretty much, I thought it'd be a 5-4-1. It's pretty much how it looked for a lot of the game. Um, and the one thing that you find against like a Rangers, a Celtic, over because they do attack, they'll always give you a chance. And that was my thing. When I saw that McNulty might play wide and, and Sporler might play wide, you're thinking that might be the case for that. And certainly first half today, uh, that was the case. You know, we did get chances. We got advanced. And I tell you what, I thought Liam Smith, I know he scores a good goal. I thought he was getting goal this season when he his left peg on the open open goal that wasn't quite an open goal but I thought it yeah, could have changed everything. but team, team come out game started did you get yourself settled ready for kick off soon as the game started you're back into supporter mode you're no longer Nick Knowles how did you how did you read the lead what, what were you looking for what do you expect
1: uh, well I think we know what I expected fear, uh, fear. but when I yeah, yeah. Well, it was. You were just, it's, I mean, I know some people are saying, ah, I'm not watching it today because we'll get pumped and whatever. Like, even if I think that, I'm not going to avoid it. I'm going to watch the game. It's my team. It's, it's what I look forward to doing every week. Uh, when I saw the team, I, I was trying to count the amount of defensive players in it. But contrary to what I normally go on about on, on this shitey TV podcast, about being negative, I was happy to play a flatback 10 to today. I didn't get anything to stop that runaway Rangers train and to get us a point in a game where nobody expects us to get any. So, when I saw the lineup, and then when you see the bench, like the bench was, it's great, don't get me wrong, I love seeing Flynn Duffy's name on there and, and Kerr Smith and Dan Watson, it's great seeing these boys and Nielsen as well. But I could imagine Mickey Mellon, he's probably thinking there's no much but if the game's tight, there's no much that. I, it would be an exceptionally brave decision to put one of them on uh, when the game's still up in the air, which he will argue it was. Uh, so when the team come out, I thought that's fair enough. It's probably about the best that we could do. Uh, and I, again, I was looking forward to seeing uh, young Giando because I'm I'm fast becoming a a fan of his. I was looking forward to seeing what he would do against boys like Kamara and uh, Davis in the middle of their midfield.
0: And I have to say, the boy. Uh, even uh, you look at the Rangers team as well. You know, played a lot of games, but they're playing, they're scoring a lot of goals. And you do kind of go, you know, you look at that front line, you know, and the value of the squad, and you do think, let's let's not let's not be a cricket score, you know. Ross County mm. last week sat in really deep, hoped to get on the counter, but got pumped four nil, which we weren't mm. obviously wanting. Start the game okay. I think the game, the game's kind of. To and fro, and they have more of the ball. Listen, that's that's going to happen. It was probably quite expected that they were going to have a hell of a lot more of the ball than us, and maybe the chances. And then we give away a real sloppy free kick. Right, it's mm. quite sloppy. It's a good turn for the boy. Didn't get us wrong. Good dummy. Uh, the boy roof, I think it is. But for me, I'm not overly worried because I'm thinking he's thirty five yards for a goal. What is mm. there a worry here? And he just steps up, posted, stamps it. Benji's six foot six. I didn't even think he gets a glove near it. And I'm thinking, no, it's
1: holy the sh- Holy shit, that's it's a good goal! On it. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've saw the replay on TV or anything yet, Ron, but uh, Mark Connolly's in the wall. And when the guy takes the free kick, he doesn't even turn around and look because he must think that's going over the shed. He doesn't even look at the goal. So you see it are behind the Eddie Thompson goal and you see Conley. Conley doesn't even see it at the net because he's no looking. He assumes it's over the bar. That's how much that ball dipped. And they were talking about Benji maybe, maybe being a wee bit too over to the left when he should have been closer at the middle. I just I just think in a goal like that, you just say, uh, applaud it. As soon as it went in. And people that know me, they kind of the lover of the Rangers, uh, but like I just have to say that is an absolute peach. You just got to put your hands up, but you glossed over something before. Oh,
0: that. listen! I'm just getting to that, just because I went to the goal because that was what was in front of me. How does that we arsehole stay on the park?
1: Well, <laughs> I have no idea. When I, when you see it, I don't know what it looked like at the game, but when I'm watching it on the TV live, it happens very quick. And I thought he's elbowed him on purpose there. That's what I thought straight away. And if he has, I foolishly shouted, "That's a yellow." But then, if you did it on purpose, that's a red card. And then you go for, forward about five seconds. You see the replay. Not once does he look at the ball. He looks at Connolly all the way. Connolly clears it, and then he elbows Connolly. That, to me, is a straight red. I do If the referee has seen that, and he's only booked him, he should be struck off. I think he bottles because he doesn't account the rules. Of course, he bottles it. And the, and the thing is, no, that I did not even care about like the the retrospective action that could be taken, but. In this instance, none can be taken, I don't think, because the referee is deemed to have dealt with it. Yeah. But he dealt with it wrongly. So I'm not even saying Morelos, like he shouldn't have done it. But it's not Morelos' fault he didn't get sent off. The refs are the shocker there. I and just, again, hey, I'm not making excuses, Ron. I'm not saying, I mean, that would have changed the game. Who knows what would have happened? But I'm not saying we would have went and beat them or we would have got a point. You never know, but Rangers, like if Cavernier's sticking the bat stick in the, bottom of the top corner for 35 years, you're up against it. But uh, th- that for me is, it's, there's no even a debate about it. That's a red
0: card. I I, I would have thought, like, the, you know, the assistant referee or the fourth official, because, you know, they can, they can help. They can say it, red card. Like, they can say it. Mm. And it didn't happen. And obviously, when it first happened, I knew I, I it wasn't as clear cut for me, but I mm. knew it was, there was an incident. But then what, I saw what was the, the reaction.
1: Re- well, what was the reaction like on the pitch? Because you, and I never really saw many United players going absolutely mental.
0: I think again it comes from where it is and depending where you are on the park, you know, because a lot of players, if they're looking down the line, they'll see Morales jump with Connolly, but they'll probably no see the elbow coming out. But for the angle up the up the touchline, anybody up that touchline can see it. You know, I never quite see it because the way he's jumping, but I knew I, I just assumed he jumped into him like didn't mm-hmm. play the ball, but has just jumped in him. And I thought that's why he's booked. Then I saw a clip got sent to me. And I thought that's a dirty bastard. It's a, a red card. Yeah, it's a red card. And he seemed to have a wee kick at Connolly about five minutes earlier because Connolly sort of turns to him as if to say, what oh, the fuck you doing? And... Uh, oh. It sort of, and kind then of, five minutes later, he's in the book for that. But yeah, I thought that. um I thought for there, was, it was a case of... Was, right? there
1: anything, was there anything going on between Connolly and sent and to provoke that? Because obviously, when you're watching it on the TV, there's loads that you didn't see off the ball. Mm-hmm. But just being there, was, was nah, Connolly maybe niggling them or anything?
0: No, nah, apart from that sort of moment, and I know he was probably, listen, he was probably mouthing at them. Of course he probably was. But there was nothing... There was nothing that you saw apart from when it looked like he had a wee kick at him on the touchline mm-hmm. five minutes before he got booked and Conley seemed to say, "What are you doing here?" And nothing mm-hmm. happened. And then I mean it maybe was was nothing. I had a thought for the booking. I thought he was going to try and really rail him up, but Morelos moved the position. Morelos moved into the centre, so he yeah. wasn't up against him. And the thing is, Conley won't mouth you, and I actually think Mark Conley had an absolute an excellent game of the day, right? But. Mm-hmm. He, he, it never seemed to happen but it was kind of like at times Rangers look like they're playing with 10 men at times because Morelos offered little but then he'd come alive on the edge of the box and you thought gee because you're playing listen we're playing a different level it's like watching Celtic for the past nine year. you're up against a different level of player here and you know but I thought Ryan Kent was quiet for the majority. I Thought Jamie Robson did really well against them, but again, mm. they've got these wee sparks. You go, oh shit! He's,
1: he's a he's a danger though, isn't he? Yeah, he is a danger.
0: Yeah, and then I mean, so we're one nil down, right? That's that's what we're getting, and then we've went back to the Morelos um incident. It's obviously getting a wee bit frustrating then Ian Harts plays a ball wide left I'm thinking, that's not getting to name John, uh, Johnny? No Johnny Russell's not playing yet, She's not back yet Jamie Robson takes an incredible touch at his feet, pings mm-hmm. it to the back post it passes everyone by right, as it's falling to Liam Smith, my first reaction is, here comes a Yannick Luemba, this'll go over the Eddie Thompson now I've not seen it back, but I think the goalie should save it because of the angle. But what a finish it is! It's his first ever United goal.
1: Yeah, that's very true. We, we, he's exceptionally small feet as well. It's uh, yeah. I think I, um, the keeper maybe should do better. But in fairness, <laughs> maybe he's watched the cross out way. We were and so oh, that's what landed Smith. I'm outta right here. Mm. I've got this. I'll go and get ready for the goal kick. That's what I get taken. And it's just, I mean, you could maybe do it another ten times and no hit the target once, but great finish, jumping about daft when it went, and it was great. And it was the, it was in the the Eddie Thompson end. You know, I could only imagine what it would have been like with a full stand there, been on the pitch half off. naked. Correct, correct. That uh, it just, it would have been good, but it was. Uh, I felt it was deserved, you know. I don't know. Okay, as you say, they had a lot of possession, but. That's that's a given when you play these teams. But, You're but, never going out. But we had
0: a lot of counter attack opportunities.
1: We did. There was there was some corners as well. We had some corners. Uh, spoiler was great at whipping the corners in, and we were creating havoc in their box, and then I the ball Re- went out the other side.
0: Didn't um, didn't uh, Reynolds had uh, one cleared off the line? Steve yeah. Davis. Yeah. And then you had Liam Smith thinking he could score for forty five yards out on his left peg. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, are we they're going to go in. One chance we did have regardless of how new your hoose is your new purchase I guarantee if you were offered a bar rolling across the box 10 yards out to to Shankland you would have went I will stick my new hoose on that going in and he Mm. he done what me or you would do in front of the goal fresh air but it was one of them it was a frustration because you were thinking we are getting chances here yeah, and the, and it was
1: falling to the person you would want it to fall to as well. It was in the first half in particular. I thought McNulty was, was quite good. You know, and it was his early ball in for that chance. But uh, as you say, Shankland, he just completely missed it.
0: And then on the stroke of halftime, another pretty soft free kick or one we didn't really need to give away. Tavernier, who's... I didn't really appreciate how good his record is this season. I know people say, oh, loads of penalties and all this. I get that. But hmm. that delivery... Yes, listen. He's unmarked. I get that. I think Morelos mm. is offside, but I don't think it means nothing because he's not really interfering with play. But to leave a centre half unmarked who's got such I, a good record, uh, it was I just too, it. Easy. Don't don't
1: too easy. I don't understand it. Like I get, I get that you you let the boy because initially he's standing about two or three yards offside, and you do see that quite a lot. But see, when somebody, but when he's like that, he obviously knows that we're going to run back. I don't understand why we all run back. If he's, if he's standing two or three yards offside, when he's away to take that free kick, can we not just all step up two or three yards ourselves? And then he's miles off. But as it was, we are stepped back and we still never marked him. Like Robson, uh, Shanklin, Reynolds, I don't think they're marking anybody because I've watched that goal back a couple of times now. They're, they're not marking anybody. And you can't give that boy a free header. I, at the time also, I have to be honest, and I thought, how has that beaten Benji? How has it gotten across him? But in fairness to the guy, he has put it in the very side of the, the net. It's, it is a good, it's a very good header, but like we've, we've made it as easy as we possibly could have for the boy, but no mark.
0: And the horrible thing is, you know, it, it, it'll obviously change the team talk or the outlook because at the time you're going in at time at one all, which is a really nice place to be. And it's that kicking the balls for us, but it gives them the lift Right mm-hmm. on the stroke of half time, and I thought it was interesting that although Stephen Gerrard doesn't know the difference in Dundee and Dundee United clearly, um, mm-hmm. that he said sometimes you'll have to win ugly, and they had to win ugly today. And I think we we made it tough for them at times, and d- d- maybe we were quite f- we frustrated them a lot. I know Shando got booked, and I think because he had one just a couple of minutes before. Listen, I think the boy Kamara made misto it and was you know auditioning for Strictly Come Dancing or something, but. It was these wee things, you know, being scared to put her foot in, no scared to tackle, no scared to try and get in their face. You know, and maybe that is why you doubled up on the odd player here and there. And at times it was a wee bit hurried and I can get ball went back to front sometimes to maybe clear the lines or whatever, but certainly first half as well. First half's the best we'd played in weeks, weeks.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't disagree with that. Uh... But to turn to that turn around, uh, I think that we could have just finished the game at halftime. Because second half, I don't think we offered anything. It was just like, if the first half was as good as we've played in weeks, the second half for me was exactly the same way that we've played but for did, weeks.
0: But I didn't think they were brilliant in the second half. Because if they were brilliant, they <laughs> would have scored a lot more. They, we, we restricted no, them. I, no,
1: but then that makes it worse, doesn't it? If they're no brilliant and we still kind of go out of right half. I know it's Rangers. I know they're going to have all the possession. I know man for man they're all better. There's there's nobody. There's, no, there's nobody in the United team, and I'm probably including Shankland in that. That would the Rangers would swap for whoever is in the, the the other position in their team. I just felt that we. I don't know. It just it seemed to be like we thought. Right, if we can try and get keep two one. Worst case scenario, we'll keep two one for as long as possible, and then I think it was maybe the last three minutes or something we threw. Big Edwards up front that's I just felt like we didn't give it a go eh? and as you say Rangers weren't the weren't as good as they were against us at Ibrox when they dismantled us uh, and we just I don't think we laid a glove on them second half eh? we, we could have just we could have just called it a day at 45
0: Tell me what Alan McGregor was up to when Big Edwards He was is
1: the drunk. Have you seen the replay?
0: I've seen it now
1: yeah He, he doesn't even he's not even he's a yard away Simulation from. No for simulation. He's one of the biggest assholes in Scottish football yeah, but, He has to be Absolutely. He'd done it a few years ago I think it was against Hibbs where he kind of he had the bar in his hands and he went to take a goal kick and the Hibs striker was standing in front of him but turned his back and he kicked the bar up the park and then kicked out his leg to try and mark contact with the Hibs boy and then went doing feign an injury himself what, what, What's in his head? Shite house It can't be, be a normal says Brent I refuse to believe that he's normal and you know what he's such a good goalkeeper he doesn't hate indulging being an arsehole
0: there's no need for it just stay with your best at what what I found really I found it really surprising that he was essentially time-wasting at the end of the game I I couldn't believe what I was seeing like because he held on the ball after that incident that he should have been Mm -hmm. booked for simulation he then holds on the ball for 40 seconds the ball Mm -hmm. then after the free kick that we win that Edwards does get to but it doesn't go to MD he then holds on the bargain for for about thirty seconds again. It's like I kinda I couldn't believe, given how comfy Rangers were in the second half, right? That the it come to him time wasting at the end. That's couldn't work out. But yeah, seeing the game out though, I win. Yeah, win for that, they, if they, if they win eight 0 or two one, it's three points, and
1: they just want a bit a bit like to the title this year. That's their main objective. So they'll know. Like we could look and say, imagine the might you. The Rangers wasting time against us. We must be doing something right. They're, they're not caring about that. They're just wanting the three points. That's near odds to them. And to go back to your point about Gerard, no can in the difference between the two teams in this say He can's the difference. You can't tell me he's no doing that on purpose. He can's the difference. He's had a word in his shell. What's because there's a, there's a wee bit of bad blood between. Well, in fact, there's no even any bad blood between us between United and Rangers as a club like United fans don't like Rangers but like they sing it themselves no one likes us you're right you're absolutely right nobody likes you but he's had a word in his shell in my opinion somebody maybe Jim Trainer or whatever has been like that just call them Dundee that'll wind them up and it works because it does wind you up mm. you end up kicking your own telly that's not good the point the TV said that as well didn't he is that that's Sky, though, is that any surprise? How many times have we saw United v. whatever and it's a graphic of Dundee's butts? <laughs> absolute, for for as much money as Sky put into things, absolute amateur when it comes to Scottish football. Yeah. Borderline disgrace at times. Yeah. And there's, there's another game or another weekend going by when Rangers fans haven't had to put their hand in their pocket to watch their team. So if you're a partner or a Rangers fan, you should be getting a lovely Christmas present this year because they're flush.
0: Not had to spend a penny, and, and of course, next week we'll be what 15 quid, 1750, whatever Hibs charge. <laughs> oh, right. whatever, we'll be watching it. Um, looking obviously, well, you know, next up is Hibs in the league, uh, for, for United, but looking at the league table, uh, again, there's a there's only there's a couple of teams no completed, uh, the fixtures, but it leaves us 20 points in sixth position. Um Motherwell ahead in fifth on twenty one. Then there's a gap to Aberdeen on thirty one. Looking below, uh Kilmarnock and Livingston on eighteen, St. Johnston on seventeen. They've all played seventeen games the same as us and Motherwell. You've got Simon mm. game in hand, fifteen points. When that game in hand's a big it's eighteen points to be on. Uh, then you've got Hamilton and Ross County down the bottom, Hamilton on fourteen and Ross County on thirteen. So only seven points between twelve and six. It's Yep. It's, I
1: know Motherwell are Motherwell got lucky because they got gifted six points last week. Yeah, exactly. They're lucky. So, And I know that we've got them coming up. We shouldn't have feared them. We've got them at home. I'm not saying that we'll comfortably beat them, but we should be looking to try and win that game. They're they're no any better than us, and they shouldn't have been fifth. That's just a decision that's put them in fifth place rather than actual whatever happens on the pitch. And that decision, in my opinion, is a farce. But that's a whole other matter.
0: How do you how do you sum up the, the 90 minutes then?
1: I thought we were very good first half. Uh we lost a sloppy goal. I mean ta- tavernier's goal, you can't take anything away from that. Uh I felt like we had a bit of a go first half, certainly. Uh second half, Rangers just come out, saw the game out, and we tread no get pumped. That's what it looked like to me. Man of the match? Uh, I think you've touched on it saying Connolly was excellent today, and I think that we've said it so many times in the past you know Connolly's best games are when it's a backs to the wall thing you know and he'll there was one where where Benji come out second half and I had no idea what he was doing coming out and the boy went random and then it got played back to our field and Connolly heads it off off the line right next to the post Connolly wouldn't even wouldn't even have entered his mind I might bang my head off the post here he would have hithered the post to clear the bar. That, that's the sort of guy he is. Of course, he's got mistakes in him and he tends to make them in in like the lower level games. But against against the Rangers today, I felt he was excellent. Uh, but my man of the match, I would have given it to Jondo. I thought he was brilliant again. He's the human Duracell bunny. He just covers all the ground needed. He gets stuck in. He's, he's just so wee and stocky. He's very strong. He's hard to knock off the ball. Uh yeah, I would give it to him. I've been very impressed with him, and he seems to be getting better week in, week out. And it would be great if we had somebody more creative beside him so he could do the the dog work, get to uh, whoever can pick a pass, create a chance for a boom. Football is dead easy, run. Yeah,
0: um, Hibbs next, they won four nil away to Hamilton yesterday. I saw their uh, mm-hmm. chief scout, Scott Allen. And the Jericho stand today. Um mm. it's obviously going to be tough. You know, Hibbs have started the season uh, really well. Um, but it's a case of let's build on the first half that we've produced today uh and kind of try and forget about some of the less than pleasant football that we've been playing. It seems though, I've just look at looking at the stats there, you know, at home, um that's our first defeat in the league at home since Celtic. Yeah. Um. You know, we beat St Martin. Um. Beat that's Arnold. a lie. That's a that's a lie. Livingston beat us. Sorry. It's from Livingston. Um. So it's about five games, I think. You know, our home form. It's away. is where the the L's are on the uh, the yeah. forum. You we know, lost it, I mean, We've lost four at home now. We
1: know. Hibs, Celtic, Rangers, Livingston
0: yeah but since Livingston is what I was saying is the, it's a first mm. since them so you're looking but if you look at the, the losses away from home you know Kilmarnock Rangers uh, and then and then Livingston you know mm. so it's it's going to be tricky whatever way you, you look at it but we just have to start like we did in the first half today you know if we need to defend yeah. a little bit especially away from home but we can get it shows on the counter we can attack because our wing backs probably got higher up the park the day more than they have since. Well, look at the look at our goal today. It was one wing back to the next wing back. Mm, yeah, it was Robson to Smith. Were, were you also thinking what's Liam Smith doing at the back post? <laughs> or is that, Li- is that Liam Smith at the back post? Uh, well, I was wearing my
1: Liam Smith suit? <laughs>
0: He's exceptionally
1: no, th- feet. I've, I've said it for weeks. I think that we should we should be having more of a go. I really do. I, I think. But I mean, I don't know what the manager thinks about the players that we've got and their ability, but I think that they should be doing a wee bit better than they are. I do not think they're getting trusted enough to to attack. Like we've got boys that can attack against Rangers today. Nobody scores against Rangers this season. Nabdi. We scored against them today and we had a couple of chances. You know, another another day would take them. You score another couple of goals against a team that very, very few teams are scoring against. But if we could have that belief and and have a go at the other teams, like we've talked about this before as well, you've got Celtic, Rangers, and possibly Aberdeen and Hibs that are. They should, I think, finish the top four. Everybody else should be fair game, Ron. Have a go at them. Okay, you might lose some, but then you might win some. Instead of trying to eke points here, there, and everywhere, you know, try and get a few wins. Get people wanting to watch the games.
0: Do you know how many uh, goals Rangers have conceded in the league this season, including today? Uh, four or something. Four. Four goals. Four, including the day.
1: That's incredible. Like they're they're the best team in the country by my own. Yeah. So like I hate I'm, saying that. But being, yes. Yeah, so do I. So, so do I. But like, fair's fair. You've you've just got to call it the way you see it. You know, and and they are. It's the, the proof is in the pudding. Nobody's laying a glove on them, and you, you could kind of argue in the first half we did a wee bit. So there are they're definitely positives to take from today. Yeah. But just because of the second half, seeming seemingly reverting to type, I just you know, it just frustrated at the end of it. I wish we had a had a go against a Rangers team that were maybe a wee bit tired, maybe just off the boil a wee bit. But hey ho. Yeah.
0: Right, let's move on. The uh at home Scrandisliga. Uh in my opinion, today was gonna be filled with either reheated takeaways or cooked breakfasts uh, you've just had a, a quick scan through them uh, and again it's it's going to be a long episode today so we'll no, we'll no name check everyone we'll just let Paul read out a few that he's found purely because um, Stevie Campbell's our guest and well we couldn't have got him to shut up but you'll uh, you'll in a good way but you'll find that out after we get through the rest of the episode so over to you so the four that I've,
1: that I've selected today, one of them's from uh, Richie G 32 on Twitter, and he has some homemade steak pie, and it's a beautiful-looking steak pie, mashed potatoes, green beans. I mean, what's no I like about that, Ron? Looks delicious. Uh, Greg Doherty, at Greg the Heat, which is a great handle. He had a black garlic burger, halloumi, some squeaky cheese, onion rings, Mushroom with sweet potato fries and a barbecue drizzle, and some. I don't care about the barbecue beans, but uh, take the barbecue beans off that plate, and that's a winner for me. I also
0: don't think the uh, sweet potato fries are cooked a wee bit.
1: I would eat them. Shite, to be fair. Nah, I would eat them. Right. Uh, Arab in exile. Uh, won't use the U word, given you who we were playing for today, uh, but it's a fry up with a tin of Guinness, and it's just, it's your. Scrambled eggs, bacon, black pudding, lawn sausage, or if you're on the West Coast, square sausage, and uh,
0: some tatty scones. Now, it looks absolutely delicious. There's something I need to raise about this, and hopefully they can answer this as well. So mm-hmm. um, while I was hoovering up a, a, a big man meal before this, uh, my other half, Claire, was looking through some of the Scrandis Ligas and she said, Why are the tatty scones all different shapes?
1: That's a good point, I've no idea. I've never actually <laughs> noticed the shape of them. I, well, I don't yeah. notice anything when I'm eating, I just eat. <laughs> well, there you go, I'm just saying. Yes, I'm not an observational eater. Mm. Uh, so, Arab and Exiles look, looked great as well. But the winner, just because I'm in a festive, cheery mood, it's got to be Angela S09 at Twitter. Th- she's k- kind of cheated a wee bit because the Bairn made it, but still, uh, it's a winner here. So, Bairn has got a thing for bacon at the moment. He made Nutella Christmas trees, which look dynamite, by the way. Uh, and she's got a cup of Amaretti coffee in a Brian Welsh mug to wash down with that Nutella Christmas tree. That for me is deserving of another podcast mug. So Angela's the winner this week. And if you could send a few of them in the post to Dode Fox Podcast Towers Dundee DD whatever it is, uh, me and Ronald hoover that up, and we'll uh, we'll enjoy them next week.
0: Yeah, well done. What did you have today?
1: I had a little sandwich cheese and onion and a bottle of iron brew because times are hard <laughs> and I'm eating on the go
0: no, no settling of hoodies that's what it is yeah. um, so thank you very much to everyone who, who did uh, play along with that be back next week and Angela send us a DM and we'll uh, get a mug out to you this week Right, so uh, this past week, I don't know how much of this you can actually tell us, Paul. I don't know how much is in the public eye, eye, eye or anything. Public eye, public ear. Who knows? Who cares? Uh, it was obviously the um, Doncaster Supporters Foundation AGM through the week, and uh, mm-hmm. you you got your arse onto that uh, call. Um, I was at the post office sending the orders uh, for it. Know. So. You know anything you could we could relate to anything that any surprises or was it just it, it it's a wee bit tight at the minute, is, is what was
1: yeah I think the I think the first the first hour of the meeting was the AGM and it was just going on about how many members uh, the cash in the in the bank at present uh initiatives that they're trying to, they're going to be trying to try and raise some more dosh. and then the second hour of the thing was the the chairman came on uh, Tony Askar came on uh, and all the, all the directors were on, actually the the finance director, Derek Bond. And uh, like the gravity of the situation that we are in our present club wise was, it was laid out bare, you know, Uh, when Mark Ogren was speaking or Mr. Ogren, sorry. uh, I I, I honestly felt he was going to start greeting at some point, you know, I, I just, He's saying that he's, he's we've put in so much money, you know, way more than what we actually thought we'd put in. Kind of keep doing that, he says. We're there's so much so much money that we've missed out on. And Derek Bond, the finance guy, he was saying, look, we're, we're, we're kind of needing like six figure sum every month because they're missing out. with like there's today, you know. That would have been, if not, a full house. The Rangers would have sold out all their allocation, even if they had a bloody boycott it again, because they're go, they're going like a train just now. So that's, that's even more money that we're missing out on, you know? So it was laid out. Uh, I think that there's going to be some sort of vote about what happens with uh, the current funds just now because the deal is with... Uh, and I, I wasn't in the United Supporters Foundation from the get-go. I I am in it now, as are you, Rondo. Uh, and, and in fact, there's a, a, a story I'll tell in a second about Leo joining up. But I wasn't in it at the start, so I think that the 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 values and whatever they were trying to do and try to achieve have slightly changed over the course uh, of their, their, I think it's three years that it's been on the go because it was set up basically when Thompson or Mike Martin was in charge and, you know, mm-hmm. things weren't uh, as secure looking as they, as well, as maybe known just now, but as they, are, as they were when Mr. Ogren came in. But they've handed over 100 grand this year and they're looking for like a little something in return. And it's just like a little recognition, you know, if, if something happens with the academy, you know, if, if something gets built, something gets put in place, then they would like their name to be attached to that because they've contributed to it. Uh, but there's a, there's a possibility that they, whatever we've got in the funds, you know, we're going to have to see about if, if we're going to have to have an attachment onto this because the club are desperately needing money uh at present you know you've got you've got the arab trust you've got ult you, you've got all these all these uh supporters groups that traditionally have raised money uh no matter how big how small but i think that the things that they guys done to raise money it's very difficult to do that in this climate whereas the supporters foundation it's like a membership you pay in so it's no like you have to run a raffle to do this or you can have like a a night where you could meet the players or you Christmas fairs or any you can't do any of that just now. So the supporters' foundation, you are able to pay. I, I'm a ten a month, and I signed up Leo straight after that meeting because I thought, right, it's only going to be two fifty a month. But the more two fifties that are, are raised, the better, because that money will ultimately end up in the club's coffers. Uh, and the it's no funny like, right? but the, I suppose the funniest story when I was signing Leo up to it, you know what I'm like with technology, Ron. I'm absolutely hopeless, so I managed to sign myself up for another ten donation each month on top of the ten already. I made an absolute no-hunt to it, so I've I've been in touch with them saying, "Look, I can't we like be like really skin and whatever, but kind can of cancel any of my subscriptions?" So, but uh, me and Ron have spoke about it uh, the last few days. We're going to try and get one of the one of the committee members from the foundation on within the next couple of weeks because I just waffle push on this, and they will know a lot better as to what they're their aims and goals are and what they've achieved so far and what they hope to do in the future. So we'll we'll definitely reach out to these guys uh, in the next week, I would imagine, and uh, we'll see if we could get somebody a wee bit smarter than me on to speak about it. But I was a wee bit of worrying listening to Mr Ogren lay it out there. He didn't address anything up, you know, times are extremely hard. As we've mentioned a few weeks back, you know, uh, times are extremely hard for United at present. So. We need to we need to all work, and I
0: think yeah. And if you um you want to get more information in the in the meantime, it's dusf is the uh, the website. Um, you can support the foundation, pledge various amounts starting at two fifty for under eighteen, if you can it would do it right. A membership right up to hundred pound per month if you are flush. Um, and you can get more details if it if you can spare a or do sign up. It seems to be the way of getting money. Potentially, that can go to the club and help the club, you know, for for all the other ideas that people have had, which have been great. You know, everyone with maybe no man's to get them off the ground, or whatever. The easiest thing might be to, to sign up to the foundation, but we will try and get someone on that knows a hell of a lot more than me and Paul uh, to tell us a mm-hmm. bit more about it. But you can go in there and find out. And like, see, I think there's only maybe 100 members or something like that. So.
1: I think I think it was the high 800s uh, when the AGM was on and I think there was maybe 20 or so have joined since then. Uh, so, but again, again in my opinion we need the club on board with us because although hearts aren't my favorite team their foundation has been absolutely massively successful and the club are on board with that you know the club help promote that they help push it they rely on it you know, they, they get, I can't mind what the number is, but they get a sizable amount every month mm-hmm. from them. And I think some of the players, some of the, the staff at Hearts, I think they're also members or they've joined, so they're contributing. And, you know, it could be a five or it could be a ten, and I don't know what it is every month, but it's any contributions are helping just now. So if we can if we could get the club on board, and I think that is the intention. I think the club have been uh, more forthcoming in, in discussing that, certainly. Uh, that That would help you know, push the numbers up in my opinion
0: anyway uh, so the more the merrier Yeah, so uh, usf.scott if you want to get more details of course the motto of the uh, foundation is celebrate our past ensure our future and uh, tedious link in talking of our future the highly sought after Kerr Smith signed a two and a half year deal until 2023 on his 16th birthday yesterday mm-hmm. Um, which, given the clubs that were flying about that had been linked to him, he'd been down a train. Mm-hmm. Seems like on paper initially it could be a good bit of business. It's it's
1: no often that we pick Man United, Aston Villa, and teams of that ilk to anybody's signature, but uh, I think that's what we've done here. Uh, I, I've I've watched Kerr a couple of times. I mean, I'm absolutely no expert on him, but I can remember you mentioning him. Uh, I think you just texted me actually when you were at the game, the Sheffield United game, saying that this boy shouldn't have been plunking scale, but I'm glad he is. That was good, very good. He's, he's really, really good. And yeah, he's obviously, he's I think he's backed himself rather than just simply taking the money. Because if, if it's me in that position, if I'm a 16 year old or a 15 year old at the time and he's going around all these clubs, and I've no doubt that. Like figures will have been thrown about, you know, maybe even life-changing figures for a guy at that age. Mm-hmm. I, I love United more than I love anything, almost, and uh, I'd have probably took the money if I'm being totally honest. So for to see a young guy back himself and know that if he progresses and and the, and him seeing United is the best place to be at to progress, he'll get his big payday. You know, he's 16, literally. Like just turned 16, he's got so many years. He's got 20 good years ahead of him to earn money. So I'm glad, I'm glad he's still at United. I hope to see him in the first team. Just like all these promising youngsters that come through, it's it's a bit disheartening when you hear about them when they're like this age, and you never actually get to see them. You know, they play a couple of games and then it's adios. I, I hope that we can get back to the days when, like a Stuart Armstrong, he's promising youngster he comes through and he plays 100 and whatever many games. That that's what we need. That's
0: what I want to see for him. Him and Nielsen at the back one day. Yeah, That'll be great. Yeah, I mean, this one, uh, he's 16 years old and one day. Didn't make his debut today, Darren Watson, obviously did go for his. But I would think it'll not be long before he becomes our youngest ever player in the I first so. team. Right, Uh Women's Team Academy, loan report. What's been happening? Okay,
1: right, we'll go with the loan report first. Uh, Kieran Freeman up at Peterhead. Uh, Kieran has once more played the full ninety minutes this week, and proving how versatile that he is, he lined up at left back yesterday. His team got the better of the East Fifers despite being down to ten men for the last twenty-five minutes of the game by holding firm to seal a two-one win. There were also a few ex-United players in the East Fife team, with Brett Long, Stuart Murdoch, and former podcast guest Danny Swanson all playing a part in the match. Ross Graham up at Cove Rangers. Big Ross was an unused sub on Saturday as Cove travelled home from Dumbarton having been defeated 1 0. A shame for Ross, but he's not alone in being a person of tangerine persuasion that has travelled back for Dumbarton on the backward defeat and been extremely pissed off. Hartley must go. Archie Mikasen at Spartans. Archie started the match on Saturday, which is no surprise as he's been in great form of late and uh, he's once again played very well. The match started at a ferocious pace with East Kilbride taking an early lead in the fifth minute only for the Spartans to quickly equalise seven minutes later. The match ebbed and flowed until half-time, but both teams headed for the changing rooms all square. Into the second half and the Spartans took the game by the scruff of the neck. Young Arch was pivotal in creating a chance for one of his teammates, but it was squandered. A few minutes later, Archie again was causing mayhem for East Kilbride when a low-driven shot struck the post. In 78 minutes, Archie was then subbed off and after that, the Spartans went on to notch the winner and find themselves in the first round proper of the Scottish Cup. Mackenzie Lemon and Lewis Fraser, North End and East Craigie respectively, uh, the match that was supposed to put our two young low knees together never materialised as the game got called off on Friday. Uh, I've not a clue why, I could only assume it was like a waterlogged pitch or something. Cammy Smith at air. Due to his red card at Alowa last week, Kami was suspended for the match against Wraith, which finished nothings up. And if anyone was sad enough like me to watch the game, you're going to have to let me can how Mark Kerr still hasn't shaved that head of his. He's been going bald for about 13 years, and it's no the best look. It's up there with Paul McGowan's barman. Chris Mockery at Montrose. Chris started the match at Airdrie at the weekend and once again played very well for the 74 minutes that he was on the park. The match itself was one 1 0 by Montrose to make it two wins on the bounce for them. Florin Hotte at Forfar. He turned 20 this week, but he never made the matchday squad yesterday, so I'm going to assume he was either still celebrating his birthday or he was out injured. Probably the latter, though. Nathan Cooney at Kelly Hearts. Nathan started this match once again on the bench but Barry Ferguson did remember about him this week as he put him on for the last 10 minutes of what was an absolute stroll to victory for the Fifers. The match finished 7-0 to Kelly, with Nathan being introduced when the score was 6. On to the women's team. Last Sunday, the ladies took on Kilmarnock down at the Gordon-Sawyers Arena in Ayrshire and ran out comfortable 4-0 winners. Last season's star goalkeeper, Aaliyah J. Meach. Was returning to the starting lineup and she had a fairly easy afternoon of it. At half time in the match, the ladies only had one goal lead to show for their dominance, courtesy of an own goal for Kelly. But the home side were truly put to the sword after the break as goals by Robin Smith again and two from Danny McGinley were more than enough to wrap up all three points and push themselves into second place in the table. Talking of the table, after nine matches played, which is now the first round of fixtures complete, Aberdeen women are way out in front on twenty four and United are tucked in behind them on 17 points. In a season of restructure within the women's game, there'll be two teams that are going to go up for that league this year, so we hope that the team can keep up this recently run of form that they have been on. Today, as we record this, and maybe Ronnie could quickly update on Twitter, uh, the ladies are away to Boromir Thistle, and that is their last game before they have a winter shutdown for the next five weeks. And that game should almost be at time it's finished what's the score run
0: it's finished oh, it's, full, it's been full time for an hour what's the score then 1-2-1 one, one.
1: yes so there we go so the ladies were away at Boromir Thistle and we
0: scalped them humped them Robin Smith were the winner
1: no like that the score
0: <laughs> did Neve get a goal uh, no Um. Uh, Steffi Simpson got the first uh, And r- rumour has it Neve set the Bith them up uh, Stein, Stein the Clippy set it up Brilliant.
1: And that's your report. There, there was no Academy news this week because they didn't have a game and I could only imagine that's because like Adam Askar and he's, his team will be being in charge of the, the first team up until about Thursday or something. Yeah. yeah can isolate. So, no Academy's to report on.
0: All right. The uh, United Lottery next year, £2,000 has me won again. Get yourself on there, you can win some Dosh right before Christmas UnitedLottery.co.uk 50-50 results from today's game First prize £168 Ticket number 105293 That's 105293 Second prize £56 Ticket number 105350 That's 105350 There's a bonus prize as well today Which is ticket number 105470 It's 105470 I've no idea what the bonus prize is. All I have in front of me is, in brackets, shirt, close brackets. I don't know what shirt it is. I don't know if it's signed, washed, clean, dirty. I've no idea. But apparently... Hopefully it's
1: not any of your shirts.
0: Apparently, well, I've got a very fetching uh, bespoke made podcast t-shirt on that uh, that's
1: pretty tidy, though. I'll give
0: you that no see the light of you like it but you never can um, <laughs> but if you want to get more details uh, do remember the United Futures uh, lottery all the proceeds go well the 55th day match they draw proceeds go to support our academy unitedlottery.co uh, Uh, Do remember if you're buying anything on Amazon with Christmas coming around, use the uh, smile.amazon.co.uk link and uh, to sign up to that doesn't cost you anything. It's just anything that you buy. Once you select the Community Trust, they can get a wee extra. They made eight pence for me on someone the other day and I thought I was raging it was only eight pence and then I realised... I only spent about four quid. Um, but if you can uh, do that for Amazon, if you are buying, it. obviously shop local if you can. But this time of year, um, some people find it easier uh, to do it online with Amazon that we can I mean, buy any and plus your granny on that website. Um, 2020 Christmas raffle by the Community Trust is all guns are blazing. If you want to be in with a chance, uh, you've only got until next week. To buy your tickets for this one, the final date to buy them is a week today, as we're called this Sunday, 20th of December. The winners of each prize will be drawn at random on the 21st. Tickets are three pound each. You can buy four tickets for a tenner. You can only uh, enter on Just Giving. Go on there, search 2020 Christmas Raffle. Uh, there's cash prizes, there's hospitality, mascots, Junior Academy, holiday camps, and loads of other cool stuff. All up for grabs. If you want to get involved in that, get yourself online uh, and enter the 2020 Christmas raffle. It is now time for the runaway success of this podcast that is already 50 minutes old and Stevie Campbell's no even been on it yet. Uh, Join us as we play and hopefully gain muchos pointos as it's 1760 me you're very welcome to Who Am I?
1: Have you got your ringtones and whatever? All set, Rondo? Uh, yes, I do. Right, okay. I'm, I'm needing that countdown theme to be lined up. You're not getting a second mayor than the 30 seconds. So, do you so want... I, to- I, need, I need you to get an absolute zero-point haul here. Do you want... Okay? Do you I want don't to- need you getting any further.
0: Do you want to remind people of the rules?
1: The rules are, I can select any player in the history of Dundee United to have played more than 50 minutes that, that was the rules was it? <laughs> nah, no nah. <laughs> no he's got to have played uh, at least 50 times for the club yep. unless unless he played 40 or
0: something aye aye and uh, again with the scoring uh, it's all about fun people like to play along if you do Perfect. get it please don't Didn't put it, it on Twitter <laughs> just tell me you got it don't tell us who it is because people don't like that Um before we go right before we start we just need to address a EDM DM I got the day um, he's not happy right and Joe is not happy uh, because he says my clues are getting tighter and tighter with each passing week impossible this week now if he's only just listening for last week that's fine Joe if you can answer it's easy So I'm saying it's true <laughs> it's true but thanks for listening so, um, yeah. So five points you get it right in the first clue. Four points second. Three points three. Two points fourth. One point five. Uh, clue number five. And then if you get it, if you don't get it, you get bugger all.
1: Correct. And only one of us has got bugger all ever. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Anyway, that was funny. That.
1: Right. The question. The first. The first clue today, Rondo. This player was born in 1977. Was an internationalist and during his career played for amongst others, Dundee United, Dundee,
0: and Arbroath. Go. I don't know. A, no, no. I repeated it get before that, I hit that. I repeated it before I had I repeated that before I had that.
1: So but go. This player was born in 1977, was an internationalist, and during his career played for amongst others, United. Dundee and Arbroath.
0: The thing is, I'm, I'm, I've not even got a clue. <laughs> I
1: just gave you a clue. What are you
0: talking about? Like, uh, near idea. Like, generally, no idea. just let this
1: finish
0: for the for the sake
1: of it I'm liking it i it is it I don't know, <laughs> well yeah. you're going
0: to
1: hit,
0: give it the I'm you're going to hit the pressure uh, <sighs> I've generally no idea generally
1: no idea on that clue. right okay so you can only win four points this week that, that's good that's a positive for me <laughs> okay clue number two this player played 87 times for the club, scoring five goals. Go.
0: United, Dundee and Arbroath. And what was the other... Correct. What was the other clue number one? He was born when? 77 so he's ages with me That's another clue he he's 43 he's played for the three um uh can come what I've put myself out of my misery I've no got a clue <laughs> I've no got a clue okay okay that's fair enough well maybe maybe,
1: maybe. The clues start, Dundee, again, a bit are
0: start getting easier. Dundee, United, Arbroath, he's 43 and he's played 77 times.
1: 87 times.
0: 87 times. so oh, it doesn't matter. It's still done again.
1: Okay, next clue. I suppose. never played for the manager that brought him to Tanadice and left the club when Ian McCall was manager. I'm really enjoying
0: it. <laughs> where was he born like are we getting any clues am I getting any clues that'll give me a chance
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: wait till you see the email we'll get from Joe next week <laughs>
0: uh,
1: One and then Rondo for three points
0: you're stolen. As Come on, man, you get 30 seconds. Nerdy, nah, you no, You've not even given <laughs> us a name. I've got a
3: clue.
1: <laughs> okay, I've right, this is clue. for two points. This is for two points. This, this might open up a wee bit. This player was signed by the club for more than half a million pounds. Oh. <gasps>
3: Wait.
0: <laughs> Come on, get pressing your countdown, June. I, I kind of really want to hear a guess, but. Uh-huh, you've got
1: 30 seconds to think about an educated guess. Played for United, Dundee, Arbor played 87 times for United, scored five goals, never played for the manager that signed him, left when Ian McCall was manager. He's an internationalist, he's the same age as me, we signed him for more
0: million Right. So, the first name I was going to go with, but there's no danger. And this is not my guess. I'm just saying because I've got my guess now. I'm going to lock in. At first, I thought it might have been Jim Hamilton, but we didn't have spent big money on him. And I, he's never played for Scotland. Throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Is it how many points am I playing for two Danny Griffin correct oh correct. Jesus that was horrendous Sturrock signed him Sturrock signed him and was he injured he was always injured <laughs> I'm amazed I'm amazed he qualifies to
1: play who am I here I can't believe he played that many games wow, that was tough that lap. was I, I made that purposely tough because I'm trailing.
0: Asshole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nineteen sixteen uh, is the score. Yes. Well, that's. It could have been better. It could have been worse. All right. Well, the final clue. The
1: oh, go on. Yeah. Sorry. Would have been this player was club captain for a couple of years when he was with us, and his last two years at Tannadice were plagued by injury. Yeah. Yeah. And the we throw away clue six that doesn't really count. This player's name rhymes with Fanny Stiffen. <laughs> okay. Now, my wee sister's helped me massively over this weekend by decorating my house. But I had like a dress rehearsal of this quiz with her the other day when I was still staying at hers. And I went through every question and the rhymes with Fanny Stiffen. <laughs> she still didn't get it. Still didn't get
0: it. What, she didn't get the name or
1: (laughs) she didn't she didn't get it at all. Anyway.
0: Oh God, that's so immature laughing at that.
1: <laughs> anyway, well done, Ronda.
0: Um, thank you very much to everyone who has bought podcast merchandise. Uh, we've done a couple of delivery drops uh this week, including Paul, who took part in the new series of the Blair Witch Tape or, uh, the other <laughs> night. Um, orders are being delivered at up to a week royal mail. Uh, regardless if you send the first cent glass, it seems to be taking a bit of time. Uh, the final batch will be dispatched this week, which contains all the beanies which were delayed and coming in uh, but we should get them all out by uh, close of play towards the end of the week um, the shop's probably going to close the 21st of December for a couple of weeks because we've probably not got enough time to get stuff to people and whatever but thank you very much for your support uh, since this launched in the summer it has been amazing it's allowed us to you know cover the fees and we've got plans for 2021 when this Covid fucks off uh, that we can do and improve stuff and do some events and stuff like that but anyways, are we
1: selling a vaccine? well I mean Fox Podcast Facts.
0: <laughs> well a few some games this season it would have been 10 pint I'll tell you that much <laughs> um, but thank you very much DodeFoxPodcast.com if you want to get any final bits and bobs the only things really in stock by the way uh, are uh, face masks logo mugs snoods wo- and water bottles and there might be a tote bag in a bit that's it but thank you very much to everyone who has supported uh, this year so far right Uh we, but let's just move on. Time for this week's special guest. So our guest this week on the podcast, uh, his name's been mentioned many times. He's been mentioned with many players that have been on as well. Stevie Campbell, how are you?
2: I'm very well, guys. I'm great to speak to you. And I'm, I mean I'm very privileged to be on the show um, following the cast of... Uh, I'm not going to name them because I've said before, I don't know where to fit in, but... Uh, Hopefully, well, we,
1: I could, you, uh, you mentioned you mentioned that you've got in common with Gold Russell and Rankin. You were left foot, a left foot. A left <laughs> yeah, so, I never said my left here.
2: foot's as good as them. though that's for sure.
0: <laughs> like, at least you've got. At least your left footed it's fine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Brewster, Brewster as well. Right. I'm into that. Ah, no, that's ah, <laughs> true.
0: you're fine. Honestly, i will be totally fine. Um, before we get anywhere, Stevie, how you're? best known for uh, your time at United and your coach and all that as well. Take us right back. What's kind of your earliest memory even kicking a football?
2: Oh, my God. In Crail on holiday with my brothers. Um, four brothers that I've got. We well, were in two fourth-birth caravans in Creil. Uh The reason I remember is because of 40s, if I'm being honest. I really don't actually remember. Um, but that was it, just getting involved with them. Uh, probably widely known that they've had Dundee daft, you know, and Mister mm-hmm. Sturz. But let's not go there. Um, <laughs> or, or at least they're back speaking to us now. That's one good thing, you know. My, my ten-year time at United was was uh, almost a ten-year sabbatical for them. But um, yeah, so I blame them for that. And yeah, just just uh, playing a lot with them at a very young age. Four years, I think it was good that it was playing against older older brothers made us competitive. Uh, moved on for there to play for Downfield Boys. Um, funnily enough went and training at United when I was 13 uh, I remember meeting Billy Kirkwood at that time We become a, a good friend i one of the coaches at Dundee um, but I was until I was 16 after about 8-9 years playing for downfield boys club uh, funnily enough in a team of 15 United fans and one Dundee fan I'll not tell you what that was <laughs> and then I ended up signing um, an S-form and then going in full time at Dundee. Um, the rumour was, two, two brilliant scouts at the time, Doug Curry, who actually lived close to, for a lot of years, on the Clippy we Move last year, um, and the boy Davy Small. Uh, they were the United Scouts who'd been watching me. I think the felt was just a bit wee. And I, and I often wonder, you know, how my career would have went if I'd started on the other side of the road. Uh, obviously, it was a brilliant uh, youth set up, but I must admit, I was lucky to go in and be coached by Jockey Scott at the time at Dundee. Um, I think it was 17 by that time when I left school and, and had eight years there uh, at Dens. Worked under some brilliant, brilliant uh, managers. And of course, like anything, there's a lot that have crossed the divide. You know what I mean? Whether it be playing twice, coaching mm. uh, Jockey Scott being one of them. Gordon Wallace was my manager for a while. Ian Munro, that obviously was at United as well. So there was a host of them. Billy Kirkwood, John Holt, players that I played with. Uh, and of course, Tam Coin. You know, there's mm. a, a a real history of people that have, uh, you know, had uh, careers, whether it be coaching or uh, playing careers, on the two sides of Sandyman Street. You know what I mean? I would like to know. It's a question for you guys. I've got a brick and Beth stadiums. Is that unique? Oh, could be. You never know. I bought a brick when Dundee was could. struggling, and we got one at United Centenary. Is there, there any there, that you're embarrassed this... about? Because we could always head down with a hammer and a chisel and turn it into you. <laughs> I've actually got in the tunnel as well as you go out, yeah. which was, a, I think it was a 10th wedding present for my wife or something. So that's, and I noticed that was still there when... Uh, I came back to the United um be breaking about two or three years ago. So, right, well, you got two at United and one at Dundee. But I'd love to ken if it's uh, if it's unique. You never know. Yeah, it must. You never be, know. Surely must be. Somebody is on for the future. Well, ask Pete Rundle, He kens everything. So, somebody, yeah. yeah. somebody.
0: that listens to this is bound to be able to tell what. See when you were, I hope so. See when you were a, a youngster playing. I, I always like to ask this question: Who were your heroes growing up? Like what players were you watching, or what players did you pretend to be in the playground, or whatever?
2: Well, I mean, obviously, um, if I look on the international scene, somebody that left with just last week, which I was good to, to see, was obviously Diego, you know, watching that 86 World Cup. But if I go even before that, um, I think, once again, that was one of many. Although I say that I came from a, a strong um, Dundee-supporting family, we, uh, we, my brothers, went, I think, what well, quite a lot of people did in the 70s. One week to Dandies, the following week to Dens, uh, and I'm actually still trying to work out how we chose Dundee. Struggling going up, going down, you know. And it was easy to see how good United were at that time. And then the 80s, by the time I got a wee bit older and uh, involved in actually playing in S-forms and that that, I was thinking to myself, you know, have I made that right decision? My God. Um, 40 years of, of heartache, nevertheless, you know. But um, no, it was... Uh, I obviously watched at that time. I would look at Davey in the area and I would look at Paul Hagerty. Oh my God, you know, what better role models. Up the road was people like Bobby Glennie, who again, Tosh McKinley. Um, I went in probably an hour to begin weekend, going in as a 15, 16, and as an S form. And if you've watched the players play for years on the terraces, uh, and I was there in 1983 as well when United won the league. Um, In the wrong end, obviously, as far as you guys would say. (laughs) But you know what? And I remember my dad saying at the time, to Armour Brothers, listen, what a unique thing that was, you know, for a team like Dundee. I think, uh, for us Dundee people, we should be making sure we're celebrating that as well. It was probably hard because it was on Dundee's patch. I remember Donna Mackay tried to stop it, but I think United were quite unstoppable at that time, you know. So it was the same, both ways, to go in there. Uh, and see boys that had been the heroes you know the question that you asked, like Bobby and obviously and her and to suddenly go and play with them was amazing and I'll say the same years later you know in my time at United to meet and work with people like Paul Hegarty obviously big but believe it or not big Davey Neri come into my academy because I've got a photo of Davey I've got a photo of Frankie Capel because I like to keep it very uh Impartial. I've got Tom going to play on Beth and a 40 Alan goes in. So we did a wee bit ages ago in the Frank was the wee one in the So Amanda come in, which was great. But big Davey nearly walked in. Um, and you're like, he still looks as if he could have just joined in, you know, he's still as <laughs> fat as ever. Wish well, I could be like that. And um, we didn't quite get Alan Girls in because uh, he died about a year later. But we got his son Ian goes in who actually played me at Dundee mm. as well. And Tam, believe it or not, I'd met Tom at uh, unfortunately John McGlass's funeral a couple of years ago. And he says, Stevie, I believe you've got your academy now. And I said, listen, Dan, we've got a 40, you'd love to get your 40. But I'm still waiting. Probably <laughs> wait as long as what probably wait as long as what for a pass for him in the box. He used to just shoot every time he got the bar. So yeah, that was that was that was my heroes growing up, you know, mm-hmm. people like that. Uh, and that was amazing to, to have been on the other side and probably sang about these United Legends. And then 20, 30 years later, you meet them, you know, and and they're just such brilliant people. And you go back to to hear the laughs about the games and about be mm-hmm. on the other side and that. They're just none but but gentlemen. You know what I mean? Hamish, I've met two or three times as well since I was telling to wee team up on Utah one day. No, I left them. You United exit turns in. He went, I can that voice anywhere. Stevie, you know what I mean? Which is <laughs> synonymous with. that. came up. gave was a big cuddle. I thought amazing. You know, absolutely, yeah. absolutely brilliant. So and these people of what the of the world legends are no my heroes growing up it seems to be a common theme like and
1: I, I, oh, we've not spoke to that many like current players obviously but the old the old timers like the Hegartys, the holtz uh, malpass neri they all just seem to be absolute gentlemen.
2: They, are, they really and are. Was uh, you know, it's that a, a generational thing? I think mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, they're just so normal, so humble. Mm-hmm. Again, when you're young, whether it be a fan, or I was lucky enough to then go and play. You always sort of look at these, put these boys on a pedestal. So you, you sort mm-hmm. of think that they kinda be normal. I've been Dave Bowman into that. That'll work with you as well. Uh, a funny story he's no Harry, normal. No, he's, he's no, no normal. Again now. But I laugh <laughs> so much because I remember at my smoker, we were throwing... Uh, before I got married, and obviously a great year, 2010, we'd won the cup. Know that line of form. who's come along as well. Great celebrations, and Bo had come along. And my brothers, are uh, were educated men, teachers, women, quantities I affairs a lot. And they said to Bo, uh, you know, in a pint, made a pint, and then they went, Bo, we used to absolutely hate you and sing about you, but you're actually not a bad lad. <laughs> and so, it was just a sobering moment. <laughs> He's just normal, you know, but, maybe you're like, well, he's no normal, exactly. But you know what I mean? He's certainly not the boy that he is when you go and play. So, yeah, it's, and, and as you say, that generation are getting that bit older now, that's for sure. Mm. Um, mm. But they are, they're the same people as what they were when they were pulling on the shirt and winning trophies, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's great yeah. to see. It is.
0: brilliant. I mean, for, for your hero, it will be Maradona. Is that where the similarities between your playing career and Maradona's playing style we, stop? Left, yeah, we're taking left
2: another
0: forward. left foul here. Are oh, these forward. left Exactly. No, I think it's made the day with the hand of God of Oh. But <laughs> well, he was, like say, he was he was superb. Um, oh, he was. For, for you then, Stevie, obviously for people that have been on, they've maybe been United players through and through, we'd ask what it's like to play in those teams. What was it like for you as a player playing in the Dundee derbies and what kind of players were you up against? What were the games like? What's your memories?
2: Play them I played an eight, um, only one two. Uh and that was coming off the bench and all that as well. The thing was playing for Dundee. You always getting with underdog, you know, that's for sure. As I say, early eighties, I think my first game against United was coming off the bench. I actually had a wee chance doing it at the TCKN, but Billy Thompson saved that. So that's obviously why I was playing at that time. That would be about 86 or 87, something like that, I Mm -hmm. think it was. But as you can, what a team that was, you know, you think the Gothenburg um, squad and and people like that. So it was never easy. I mean, Dundee were a decent team at the the time as well. Um, I could remember being on uh, well actually won a, a, a derby at United 3-0 and made the third goal for uh, Graham Harvey and it was an absolute shock you know I'm sure we'd have been about 12-1 to 1 in the boogies at that time um, mm-hmm. and and just again because you know we're probably named half of them already but what a team we were going up against you obviously bringing boys like John Clark and all that as well at the time and the numerous players that have that I've played probably my biggest nightmare was something to come up against Kevin Gallagher when I moved to to be a left back you know I've never seen anybody move so quick in my life you know <laughs> I had the privilege of playing in the under 21s uh, with Kevin, and with Jim McDonnelly i played as a, an overage um, managed to gain four under 21 caps and actually played in the World Cup with Billy McKinley Brian Wells you're talking about Alan Main you know uh, Joe McLeod who was a great good player at United but maybe he didn't for his potential as much, maybe a bit like myself at, uh, at Dundee, you know, and, and that was great. We played, we won, we won two games, uh, we scraped another 1-0, I think Billy Dodd scored a penalty. I always uh, remember, Alan Dinney, Mark and Duncan Ferguson in the game that day, which was no, you know, mean feat as you, as you can imagine. So we scraped a wee penalty, I think I had a hand in that as well. One of my funniest memories was, it wasn't funny at the time, but um, I still wind my big mate, Paul Mayers up about it. Because he's my goalie coach at SCFA. And we are playing, that was my last derby in the Kenner of the team, 1993. And I actually saw a wee clip. Because uh, obviously I'm still in touch with so many serious Arabs and that. And they put up something the other week. Um, I played in the corner, I think we scored the goal. Uh, and then that was a 3-1 defeat. But the next thing was a 4-0 loss. And... Um, Paddy Conley scored, Christian scored. But all I remember as was Gary Bowen shooting for about 45 yards. Made the scrum,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. Bobo liked that, didn't he? Tried yeah. to catch <laughs> it, threw it to me, to throw it out to me, that left back who obviously couldn't get back and it was that knackered. And it scrummed <laughs> through his hands into the goal, 4 0. We are in relegation trouble, but the worst was I looked up at the clock and it was quarter after 9. And then thinking, Bugger, there's 25 minutes to go. <laughs> We're four 0 doing you know. does this that. end. I was um, at that game. I was oh at oh my game. god. of My horrible. mates
1: lost a shoe at that game, Steve. Yeah. Oh, I, you're, it joking, Gary, you're I think joking. it was that Gary oh. Bowling goal that went in
2: Oh, what a strike. Yeah, we went, well, went, went the, him on the bus with one shoe. We'd mm. <laughs> we'd we, um still wide us up to this day about it, but and quite ended right. up in dirty dens with one of my good mates, uh Marty called me in Lauder, who's a big United fan. Um, there was a bit of a fight in the dressing room after it believe it or not because Dodgy had got sent off um, mm-hmm. as captain of the club you know and uh, I think it was the Molly Reid who was the sort of chairman's right hand man whose chairman was in uh, Canada at the time and he come in and said what a shower of this imagine losing it to them you know, blah 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 Dodgy you'll never play for Dundee again I'm thinking he's the best bloody player he's the only hope <laughs> <open-site in the laughs> like, relegation like, shut up you know for the end in the big fight Uh, Molly Specs fell off Dodgy hit me a merry (laughs) mate bottle like a (laughs) flaming bullseye with a duck Uh, he was like Jocky Wilson at the time I don't think if Dodgy (laughs) I remember this but I've never stopped laughing it was brilliant absolutely
1: brilliant Molly was a nice hockey player in his day as well a nice hockey player Uh, didn't we fight a nice hockey player he
2: was used to fights exactly he was struggling (laughs) to hit Dodgy with Specs couldn't have the Specs but always his win made us up that uh, not only did he flog the goal and drop the bar in the net when somebody picked up the specs and gave it to as he dropped him as well, but he tells me that's not true. But <laughs> <laughs> So, so was that, that, was Simon, was that was my last Stainrod's? derby. Was Simon Stainrod? Was that Simon Stainrod? Simon, yes. Simon was, was in point. charge at that time, yes. And then after that, it was actually the game for a year. It was a difficult year, 1993. Um, I'd had about four cartilage operations. i would had a lot of injuries in my career, but this was the worst. I didn't think I'd play again. But I ended up, um, when I got back, I trained at Den's and I used to fly over to Coleraine which is why I've got a good connection with Michael O'Neill who you obviously mm-hmm. know came at United say Coleraine and Newcastle obviously but mm-hmm. we used to always say the Coleraine connection you know I was there for two years and then came back to Livingston uh, for another couple of years with people like Big Rob Douglas and that and started my coaching career at Dundee at, I think it was 32 when they, when they stopped playing. So what does that make? 21 years of uh, coaching. My God, a, that's better than what I've been playing. There's a couple of couple of things, uh, Steve. Did you play under about eight managers up the road?
0: I think it was 10. I think it was oh. 10, honestly. And um, uh, Is it true that when you were playing in Northern Ireland, did you yes. just
2: go over to play? You didn't train or anything. Is that right? No, I trained at and just flew over. Ah, yeah, just to it, it play? And, and I think some of the boys were a bit annoyed. You know, I would uh, I would actually finish the game and believe it or not I came home one night it was a ten past six flight to Belfast I had to get back I'm too much of a homeboy again being for Dundee and, and our family for Dundee and um, Colleen was as far as I went obviously for work but it was on the proviso that as long as I got that ten past six flight to come home and I actually mm-hmm. come home with my strip on one night and I'm not joking you. <laughs> um, we'd played Lavin and I was going and uh, a wee bit of injury time I got asked to get ten half so I could get my taxi to <laughs> Colorado. But I made the I made the flight by about two minutes and I and I got back. But yeah, that's true. I just I just it was about will tell you. What, I was out there. Paul Cineard. I Paul Caneard, another Mind ex-United up. man. There was two or three other Scottish players out there at the time. Ian Ferguson, another man that done done the two, you know, if he done the as a young man to be a bit of a legend at United and obviously Rangers as well. So he was playing out there at Portadown Down. We used to I'd get back on that flight, and uh, I would just jump on a train and get back up to Dundee for, for nine o'clock. You know, it was great. It was a it was a good time. Kenny Shields was my manager, who then later came to Scotland mm. and was at Kelly and that. you know, I think he yeah. took him Northern Ireland, ladies. But hey, good times, really good. Yeah, really good times. You know, when, when you were at Den Stevie, if I can
1: go back there, but was Ian McCall there at the same time? Oh God, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah right we need to get. there's a there's a myth or an urban legend or something that him and oh, Stain might have,
2: have fallen out I think we're oh, going well, back to well, Harvey More three season here yes <laughs> are we talking about any shoes is that what we're yes, saying yes
1: that's what we're talking about you can't oh, film yes, all shoes yes.
2: well in I think I uh, will prove uh, you wrong here no no I, I think I can safely say that uh, it was very very true you know because we got on the <laughs> horse the next day to come home it was just a three day camp um, up in Navi Mour uh, obviously a bit of a pummeling in terms of during the day but they did it which I thought was strange to have one or two uh, pints at night one or two players went a wee bit beyond that and then the next thing we knew before we come him on that it was the Monday morning was that there was no sign of calling and uh, <laughs> where the hell was he for Simon to be fair come on the front of the bus and just help with straight and uh, That'll happen. Uh, <laughs> what makes people done again, and I better know Dave he because he's a policeman now. But there was somebody done the same, and he's others too. <laughs> 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 I, I'll just, I'll just leave that to uh, to anybody out there. That, uh, <laughs> I hope this man's no listening. To that are we'll for him now. because so it's Sunday, been anonymous for the thirty years. When Colin Co- Stainrod
1: saying this though, what uh, was as are people keeping a straight face? Is he deadly serious? Is Abdi fan about laughing?
2: We we were. Well, we're trying not to laugh as you do as players you know <laughs> I mean I used to see my young players doing that with me you know when I was saying hey I go at them but we didn't again the, the real story until you know yeah. later on he told me what, what happened uh, well, you know in a roundabout wide, but it wasn't until I think it was actually the first game of the season playing against Falkirk Graham Richardson thing about the time and uh, he was playing in front of me I was left back I think he was looking for me overlapping it didn't happen but I just remember the Cup <laughs> fans because Colley had signed for Cup, mm-hmm. and they were singing sort of like uh, he's, he's white he's blue E he, singing in Simon's shoe and that's when <laughs> I really realised that that's exactly what happened you know but I loved playing with Colley we won the league a couple of years before I was at left back he was in front and I, I, this might sound ridiculous but he reminded me of my hero Maradona you know at mm-hmm. times the way the way he played you know it um, does
1: sound uh, ridiculous Stevie
2: it uh, does <laughs> maybe maybe, uh, maybe a I'm there you know uh, but he had so much skill he really did uh, mm. what I loved more about Collie was his um, personality you know he was brilliant um, I will tell you a funny story if you don't mind yeah. youth mm-hmm. game youth game when I'm on the other side down at um, he brought his ground which is now Witten Park Mm-hmm. And Tony Dock, a very good friend of mine, still is in charge of United Youths. Uh, Chiz and Collie manager and assistant. Of course, Chiz was my teammate at Dundee as well, absolute great lads. Um, but the game got into a bit of a you know, I went I went a bit too far with the players and that. Dundee team won 2 0, and Bobby Lynn scored the winner. And um, so we were shaking Abdi's hands and whatever. And Collie had a bit of go at me you know so it, it just jokingly says to him, come on we used to be mates it's no my fault you're now a fat specky Arab bee <laughs> but it was in jest but I swear to god the funniest thing ever was um got appointed obviously your next youth coach a long time ago now Uh my first day at United, um, I actually went through with Doc. We played a reserve game, Big Lee Wilkie, and that was playing. What a team we had Barry Robson, Dale McInnes. We played against Celtic at Airdrie's Grun. And of course, I've got my United jacket on for the first time, my specs on. We finished the game. I'm going, I'm here in a wee, just at just Airdrie's Grun. I'm here in a wee cup of tea, Went on Doc coming out of the dressing room. And I turned round just to hear. Who's a fat, specky RB now then? <laughs> and it was Ian McCall. I just turned and really gave him a big cuddle. I thought, brilliant, absolutely. He was a great lad. He still was a great lad. And I think a very good manager like that. I think he had the United team at the time playing really attractive football, if I could say that. You know, I was probably doing reports on them at the time. Uh, and I thought at that time the derbies were great. You know, they might have had a wee weak spot in terms of defending, them, if I could say that. But they were a good team of watch. What a really good football players I thought at that time. Mm. And it wasn't uh, that yeah. long. A lot of the players were still there when they got to, to United. Yeah. You
1: know? he, he had a difficult spell at Tanadise because of the he hand, on the other hand. You know, it was, yeah, it was, was a bit difficult for us, yeah. I
2: suppose. That's right. And then just just an And I uh, like it happens, you know. And fuck that. You know, obviously that didn't go too, did too well. And I think at Doc's Wedding it was difficult because... You know, Chiz was there. It was still a bit raw as to, ah, that would that. We call I think they've made up now, which is the best way in football because, you know, life's too short, especially with what we're going through just now. But my brother's band Actually, did the win, believe it or not. <laughs> Doc, just because my brother knew he was a very good friend of mine. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't think for one minute that I would end up what that you, you know, alongside Doc, and uh, he's one of the best coaches that I've worked with. I mean, that he's absolutely quality, yeah. brilliant. Mm. See, and did well for Aberdeen, obviously.
0: For you, for going into your coach. And was it injuries that kind of forced your hand then, or how, how did it how did you go from being a player
2: to becoming a coach then in the end totally yes funnily enough I was my spell at Livingston and never and you know what actually strange enough probably most people um, when you play with them you, you sort of understand what, what type of professional they are which I wasn't great I, I wasn't as a coach I made sure of that but I wasn't as a player I'm first to admit that Ian McCall would maybe come into that category as well and yet well, they've jumped into the coaching game. You know, well, you've got to be an example to the kids, and and obviously as Macaulay as a first team player, etc. But you do change as, as people, obviously, as you get older. So it's quite strange we're talking about collie at the same time as that. I had never ever thought that I would be a coach. I'd, I'd no uh, ambition at all to date. In fact, I'd probably look at doing teaching or something like that because I was I was actually going to want a day teaching. I was a at the time, I was telling you, going back a few years at Dundee. My mum was a teacher, my sister and brother. Um, got a lot of stuff in the family, teaching as well. So it was in my blood. And I suppose as a coach, as a teacher as well. But I was going to be a bass teacher. And I remember being in Germany with Dundee's first team. And I looked at Morris. Mark was doing his degree at the time. You know, mm-hmm. winning the cup and playing, winning leagues in the for And I remember saying to Archie Knox, look, I don't want to come full-time. I want to be a part-time player. And he went, well, that's great, Steve, because if you want to be a part time player, well, the second one was awful, no say what the first one <laughs> was, forget, we F. So that was my teaching <laughs> days over. Played for about fifteen years, twelve full time and yeah, a lot of injuries. I must have made about seven operations through that, three towards the end of my career like but it But was actually in my Livingston time when we came back for Collaid to go to Livingston. they would just tuned for the Medal Bank. We won the third division, came up nearly won the second division. But I was obviously in a sort of Hearts, Hibs, Rangers, Celtic area, where the we actually used to go out and canvas for the fans, who we were, we were half part time, half, half full time like that. But it was a hybrid situation. So in the afternoons, before training, in the two night times, we went and we took the school kids for coaching, and I just got a buzz for that. That was that. Mm-hmm. I just I just loved it, and at the same time, um, Ray Farthingham, a very good friend of mine as well, was now at Lochie United. He was obviously coaching at Dundee at the time he was moving up for what you would call S-forms which were boys like Big Lee Walkie Lee Mayer, again another two that crossed the great divide and Jinky um, would call Lee uh, sorry we call Ray said to me look Stevie there's a wee place at Dundee if you want to I know you're doing a bit of coach at Livingston do you fancy as they move up to 18s coming in and doing the S-forms so I did absolutely loved it just at the back of Stoby's scale it's quite ironic because it's no fun Well, where my academy is now yeah. in Manhattan works and I uh, started my coaching there as I the say we boys like that you know Lee Merlin that would come down for Aberdeen with big Lee Wolke Dave Mackay that went on a, on Unfortunately, lift the cup that, that, that day that I'm sure we'll get there in 2014 um, for St Johnston, but a great lad you know if there was one consolation which was a bit well a bad memory obviously but at least Dave was was, was a player that was signed at that time so yeah got into the, the S forms there and then again um, playing for Brecon uh, eventually done the Cruciate was just blatantly told chronic arthritis because I've oh, not played before. We think it's up to you that you should just stop playing. I had a tiny wee spell with Carnuski Juniors as a sort of player manager. Um, but I couldn't play because of my knee. And then suddenly, you know, the Dundee situation was changing. We Avano. And Benetti, etc. are coming in. And they, they changed it to 21s and 18s. So Giphy moved up to 21s. And that was me working into the 18s, joke and I think, God, it would, I think it would be about 99 or 2000, year 2000, something like that. And that was it. You're basically throwing in. And, mm-hmm. you know, it might sound daft, right, but probably part of what we'll go on about as well up until the last five years that was my life engulfed by coaching. I didn't hear any regrets, I absolutely love it. You know, made so many friends, like to think I was successful in what I did at the two clubs, maybe three counting Verness. But you didn't hear life, if I could say that. you're just thrown in and as a coach, especially a youth coach, um, you basically work I think my record at United was 39 days in a row. Uh, it was the chef Gordon at the time that tell me that and Levine. I mm. thought I was gonna do Levine. Um and I didn't. So it might have been very 39. And listen, that's the way it was. I'll be the way they're doing it the same now. You know, I speak to Scott Robertson a lot, who was, how do we spell United, you know? He's now up with Dundee, met his wife for the night in Manhattan. She does the like, well, yes, you know. And that's just the way it is. I would never want to put it. I'm lucky that Susan's been so... You, you, she knew that was... fellas, still is, but no to the same extent. That's that's your passion. The job in you. You just yeah. get caught up in it. And it's 24-7. It really is. There's no switch off. And you know, it might sound strange, but I'm quite am quite settled now to not go back into if you know I mean go back into that. I'm not gonna call it a rat race. I loved it, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I think it would be about 17, 15, 16 years full time. Yeah. five or six at Dundee, a wee spell at Inverness, and then obviously my at United. Absolutely with loads of chances to go back into that with various clubs and said no for the main reason I would say the year out gave us my life back. Yeah. And and yeah. probably a different view on football. And on life, and I don't want to lose my passion for that because I'm still doing it. But you know, sometimes on a Saturday now, I'm actually finished it. at That time, you know, all day we coaching there in the moment, actually be allowed to put a cap on and be like a fan again for the first time. And it's actually a good feeling. again that sounds bad. It probably sounds yeah. unambitious but that is it. Probably going back to maybe the boy that I'm not going to say shouldn't have been a coach because I absolutely loved it and gave it my heart and soul. But you actually see another life when you've been out for that. That year that I was uh, five years ago, it was a real sort uh, you know, a life experience and a real reflecting time to to say, "Come what there's me out there." I could be mm-hmm. other things, you know. But for the coaching front, as I say, I just threw my heart and soul into it. go back to my Dundee days, taking the 18s a- of games against United were absolutely brilliant, you know. And a lot of the players have went on to to be really good, you know, professionals. At, at that time, I go back to, you know, as I before mentioned. Um, we had a really good setup at, at Dundee at that time. And they were always competing with United, is still up now. Um, as they still are now, as well as the bigger clubs at Celtic like and Rangers. But the, obviously the Dundee people, you know, um, when they started at United, there were boys like Gary Kenneth, Goody and that, and the youth team. What a good batch we had. And then when they sort of left at Dundee, Paul Dixon, Scott Robertson, Kevin McDonald, Craig Forsyth, you know, boys that went on to have Scotland careers, great mm-hmm. careers. And that's the one thing, that when I look back and I could. If I go next door, I'll find loads of the shirts and that. This boy's last up for United. This boy's last up for Mundi. That's the memories for me. That's the the things. Even the wee mentions that I've had, you know, on there. I still keep in touch with so many of them. I text every so often when they're doing well, you see them on the TV. Nothing. Money itself kind of buy that feeling that you've helped these wee boys that were neighbors at one time. Yeah. Um, People used to say a lot, and I, believe it or not, used to annoy me. I think I got too much credit at United. You know, um, I just did my job. Uh, as I say, 24-7. There were so many other people um, that were involved in that setup as well. I did get a lot of credit. But I play the wee part, you know, and, and it's the players that take the best credit for me. Mm-hmm. But for them, I still speak about you and how high regard to do, it's it's the best feeling in the world. And as I say, hey, there sort of shirts and all that, the last shirts and we messages of support. There's nothing better. And mm-hmm. that going back to, as I say, at 32, I would never have expected that. I didn't care what I was going on. It was just it just mm-hmm. happened, you know. You're a coach, that's it. I would say that's my everlasting feeling of that's what I love the most about it. Yeah, well, you done it right. Is one of these shirts Paul
1: Dixon's first? Scotland yes, Scotland. One. One. Yes,
2: yes. I think um, we spoke to Dicker. I told us a that, while yeah. back
1: now, but that meant a lot to him to, to be able to give you. Oh, that. he's
2: unbelievable. Honestly, yeah, he's a nice guy. Oh yes. See he's like see like
0: while we, we touch on Dicker as well, just a couple of other names that have crossed the divide. So Dixon, Scott Robertson, Lee Wilkie, Stephen Rob, all that they come through at Dundee. Yes. yes. What was That's the special right. about them? at the time you know what, what made them stand out or what, you know did do you see stuff in
2: the player or is it you know do they just take leaps and become yeah, you know I develop at different times you know there's many a time that myself anybody that's involved in the United yourself, anybody that's involved in the, the Dundee yourself, you make mistakes you know my mentor was Kenny Cameron again another player done, you know the two of them you know Casey you know he's got to me because he instilled the you know, the discipline side of things, tactical side of things. He was absolutely awesome. And just what you're touching everyone, seeing a player at ten and basically being right about ninety nine point nine percent of the time when I look back mm-hmm. to saying, Stevie, look after him, you know. And I'm thinking, why? I'm not seeing it that type. But you picked that up as well, you know. But there's no you did know me the mistake, it's not possible. You know, there's always ones that will slip through the net. And as I say, if you tap dick of an example, United, daft as you can, was in it, United, released at 10-11, and that's when they took them up the road. You know, Kev McDonald, exactly the same, came back up at 14. You know, the people at the time were saying, look, we don't think you're going to do it. And they move up and... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's no easy. It's no an easy task. Um, but obviously, the academies are different now. There's the SFA schools. You know, right, they've got them in the bomb Dragon now. Dundee are following suit. I think maybe going to go to St John's. So things are changing. You need to move with the times. But looking back to their days and their players, yes, of course, you see something in them. Dicker um, for me, you know, uh, uh, probably Dicker Robo were the ones that if I look back. I spent the most time with. I didn't scout them. Uh, Jim Carlin again a guy that was Dundee and Dundee United he's just moved back you know that why I go to Dundee after a good spell at United a lot of the boys that are coming to United now you know Jim's responsible for in terms of being scout so your system needs at the bottom to find them and then it's up to the coaching staff you know right to the academy to nurture them and then of course putting icing on the cake as I saw when they come full time and progress them to that what, which L was thought was the hardest bit mm-hmm. into that first team you know it is so so difficult that last wee that last wee bit you know and that's how a lot of them are will go on loan you know but um, yeah the, the, the two of them are fighting they I look at my academy you know I've got about 30 boys and they're trying to be the two clubs at this mm-hmm. time and believe it or not some of them are six years of age and I'm saying to basic scouts guys calm and you know, they're, they're, they're improved me Two or something. You're tapping them in the clubs, but that's the heart race that I. So yeah, it, a pleasure to want me. You know, a lot of them that you that you said just just as good Stephen Robb's son last night. I took him training that. It's, it's quite a funny thing as well. I've got Scott Robertson son in. I've had Stephen Nairys in. You know, and and I'm now thinking I'm coaching guys that I've coached are dads. See as soon as it becomes granddads, I'm gearing up. <laughs> I'm finished. <laughs> You've got to see, like obviously. The joy that you get is, is, is just, you know, you, you just kind of mm-hmm. put anything on it and done. It's just, and probably Dicker is the same, Robbo. Oh, they go overboard the with how much he had done for them. Uh, probably Stu's exactly the same. You did your, your bit and they did the rest, the you know. But mm-hmm. Paul, as I say, his conference was doing He's his, his hometown team. And it just shows you, you know. He then comes into Dundee. Set up. I had him for about under 12s and took him right through. Took him through the eighteens and then got binned and was up at Inverness before Paul made his debut. Uh, and then, strangely enough, I was I was um, instrumental, you know. Obviously, Craig used me in terms of getting uh, Paul and Scott to United when they were at Dundee. You know, a um, few Dundee fans will not be happy with kind of that. But obviously, it comes into relationships, you know. And that's
3: of
1: course
2: that's the way it is, you know. And then Robbo, Robbo was the opposite. Robbo was Dundee. But you Ned, know, you can say he didn't ease off for United. That's for sure. I think no.
1: How do how do, you, how do you go about convincing Scott Robertson then back then to, to come to United? Now I know that we were probably a more attractive proposition at that time. Yeah. Leagues, but if, like it must be difficult if you had died in the world Dundee fan to he, come out to United.
2: He, yeah, Rob had had a bit of problems in the end as well. You know, he wasn't happy with things that were there. His agent at the time, Charlie Duddy, uh, who was at Dickers as well. It was just a case of. You know, going through his agent and then Craig saying to me sort of things, uh, you know, just going here. you but I went through I came actually we we Andy, Dixon and and uh, Paul and we went and uh, it was Patrick Thistle or something, and we ended up seeing uh Davy Farrell done the Dundee assistant manager and them sitting me dicker thing, oh my god, we're caught, you know what I mean? This was for one to go and watch again, but really to just answer your question and say, Look, why would you not want to come to United? That would just bump up the management team. The mm-hmm. playing staff that are there, the the training that they'll get. God, obviously, you've got to say the finance, the players are going to play against, you know, the size of the club, which even ended in the thing. you know what I mean? That When I went there, I was like, that, wow, you know, um, having been spent 17 years, obviously, at Dundee, and obviously, as I said, playing against them, competing against them at youth level. It was the delay game that went, oh, my God, you know. And, of course, we went to St Andrews, what a place to train as well, you know. There was times at Dundee that we would get thrown off in high school, you know, claiming offences to claim. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just the way it is, you know.
3: Uh,
2: but, but, you know, we ended up going to, to St. Andrew's. So, so we, things like that. Um, and, and I think their mind was made up anyway. Mm-hmm. You know well, what I mean? One of the, um, the big
0: things as well, Stevie, was obviously mentioning the players, you know, they got their chance when it went wrong at Dundee you Know, but yes,
2: but they yes. took their
0: chance, which is the most Correct. important thing,
2: totally. Totally. Um, I, I, probably I'm thinking it was relegation, um, first administration, then relegation, yeah. And that's that probably what cost me my job. And Joe, I went up to, to Inverness with Craig, obviously, which was brilliant. Loved it up there, and I loved working with Craig, obviously. Part of why I wanted to come to United and I wanted to come back in and I wanted to prove Dundee that it shouldn't, to Dundee that it shouldn't go rid of us. I'm not going to lie. I had that real burning passion. Um, so, so yeah, that was that, that, that was it at that time, you know. Um, Dundee in the first division, it was probably perfect for them. They remember when they are quite ready to play in the Premier League. It was almost like an apprenticeship. Mm. Did that for a few years and then United come in and, and I think the two of them could say that they had fantastic careers yeah. at United. You They'll hear the credits, of course, injury, maybe missing on cup finals and that. So I just got come on and something that again. But I know Dicker, it's still up some. That he, he obviously got injured, you know, with yeah. his ankle. Um, but you've just got to move on. And he still played a part in the earlier wins. But there's nothing like playing in the actual game, you know. It's it's hard for them. But again, a credit to, to the of them. You know, Scott's just recently came up, but so much consummate professionals that. They're still playing now, you know what I mean? And still as, as a fiddle now, Paul's obviously at Falkirk and mm. doing very well as well. He actually does a wee bit for me uh, at the academy now and again as well uh, in the coaching front because he's doing his badges now and uh, I could help him along. Does he teach Nothing. the birds out of kick boys? Is that basically what he does? Um, he's getting there, he's getting there, yeah. yes. I that. And that's amazing. It helped Paul at 13 he couldn't have tackled a fish shepherd, it was actually true. <laughs> but eventually, you know, he did become a... I wouldn't say a tough tutter and fall back but eventually you did and I was saying that as well when you were asking Ronnie about the players Paul was actually a midfielder it wasn't until later on that I say to him at 16 you mm-hmm. need to move to be a left back you know I could see a left ah. back and Scott Robinson was the same um, he was actually a wide right but he was never going to be a David Beckham I'm mm-hmm. not talking about his looks I'm talking about the Grand Crossback, <laughs> you know three kicks etc but you, I just moved them into midfield it's just something that you see as a coach you mm-hmm. move them in and then and then you work on them in different positions and and specific things that they then just develop and that is the best thing to see you know I keep going back to that is that is what I got my buzz at are the years probably as well when I look at they two the were of the golden boys you know Goldie you know I think Stevie Wonder could have seen he was going to be a star when he was nine Scotty Allen the same you know mm-hmm. they were the coming to me talking were fifteen people like that and I hate to add you know, manage them, add add tiny wee bits for them. But, but you know, the talent, that's yeah frightening. as Scott and Paul would instantly say that they were never the best. They got to wear the work through sheer dedication and just yeah. slow burners, I call them. You know, they just kept getting better and better and overtaking a lot of the, the ones that you've seen it yourself. You know, people all come into your team over the years and you think, wow, they're going to be brilliant. And then they mm-hmm. just fade away, you know, and you, you kind of really... Put your finger on how it's happened, sort of thing. But Paul, as I say, and, and Scott, they would never let that happen to them. they a the great mentality about them, and anything that was against them, they, they fought it. You know, I think society is a bit different now. As you can see, you know, it's it's uh, really important that that um, anything that's against them, they've got to fight against it because it's no an easier path. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm getting parents asking me, obviously now, Stevie United have come in, Dundee have come in. What do you think? And they're six. You know, so you, you, you kind of kid them on, you've got to tell them. It's a rocky road, but I'll never say no. Go and do it, because it's also the best life in the world. You know, mm. but it's going to be full of heartache as well as, you know, um, the joys that go with it. And I think it's the same in the coaching business. Mm. It really is.
0: Yeah. You, you Obviously, you've touched on... uh Craig Brewster obviously brought you to United. You went in as under-19s coach to start with. What kind of names
2: would have been in that team? Under-19s? Well, as I said earlier, of um, Big big Kenza who I knew very well, obviously. Goody. Um and, and, and probably one that um Ryan McCord, you know, he didn't he didn't make it at United. I had him at Breaking just the other year, but if I'm talking in sheer talent, mm-hmm. you know, him, him and his brother was Pingu and Pongo at the time, two absolutely died in the were United fans. they were the ones that you just won. I think Pongo got ten minutes against Barcelona, so it's not yeah, a bad thing. Uh... It's not a bad thing to say, you know. Um but he was one that I would have thought, you know, would have went on to uh, better things. It actually took us at that time a couple of years to then bring through the ones I was talking about. Um, we had a wee bit of a barren spell, shall I say. Um, the talent was, was, wasn't maybe quite there. Once Goody, once, um, as I said, the aforementioned that one's there like Ken's and that went up into the first team. There seemed to be a wee bit of a lull. And it wasn't until, well, obviously Keith Watson would have, you know, he was he was a a fantastic boy to work with as well. Absolutely dedicated, but you Unlucky know horrendous it. injuries. You know, I remember Craig Levine saying he's the best young player yeah. of, uh, that he'd ever seen. You know, um, which was quite unusual. Maybe Craig being you know, a defender, he said everybody talked about Goody at that time. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, behind that, in you were Johnny. You know, because mm-hmm. you always go along and watch, whether it be the thirteens or forties, and go see time and watch how these players and it gets you excited because you think. I'm going to hang them in soon. And of yeah. course, they came in on work placement for a wee spell. And then, I threw a lot of them in as early as I could in my youth team, as you say, under 19 coach at that time because it's a dog-eat-dog business. If you've got Johnny Russell at 15 and he's better than the four strikers that you've got at 17, you can't like them on. So you've got to, you know, speak to them, try and get them another club and bring somebody like Johnny up there. Um, I think I had one game um, it was against Motherwell Jamie Murphy scored two up at, up at North End's Ground. and it was only the one game that I got to have Johnny and Goody up front as a front two you know that it was brilliant it was absolutely superb um, mm-hmm. to have quality like that in your youth team we as I say Pombo behind them and Keith Watson was at the back there as well you know so um, brilliant talent brilliant talent to, to work with but like any youth team you know you know that 80-90% and they're going to play not just at United but they're not really going to play at, at, at the professional level it's just the way it is you know mm-hmm. and I've never looked upon it as failures at all in fact I probably speak to as many as I'm now that haven't made it as what well do the ones that made it you know because you know you've made an input in their life in another mm-hmm. way you know and they're maybe still playing football at some level but they've, they've appreciated what you've done for them in the two three years while well, they were full time whether it be that Dundee or it United. And it's great. It's absolutely brilliant. See, I used to I used to say that it was bad news in terms of finance because I think there was one year me and my wife went to nine different weddings. You know, just your young your young boy saying, like, Steve, you're getting invited to a wedding there. So uh, that, that was a hell of a
0: year that See, um, see see one thing that uh, Johnny Russell mentioned when he was on was was how important, although frustrating, I think a little bit of the time was actually going out on loan to the lower yes. leagues. To basically so make yourself a football player, and I'm pretty sure, Paul, you'll correct me. If I'm sure he said it. His first game on loan, he basically got smashed pretty early yes. on, yeah. as if to say where up he were. How important do you right. do you think it is as a coach for these guys to get away from playing your 19s and go and play with men?
2: You know, absolutely important. What what was say to that? Is there's certain ones that then not need to because there's certain ones that either the opportunity arises, Goldie Stewart you know soapy because of their undoubted talent of uh-huh. her fairness to Jackie if I go back to have the bottle to throw 16 year olds in you know in semi-finals man, absolutely incredible someone that you know you're almost putting your neck on the line there when I go back to or something that no many would date so amazing or I go back to Stuart didn't go on loan um, again a bit with slow burner came through two years with me in the sort of 18s, 19s. But by the time he was there, he was ready to go into that first team, you know. Scotty Hallen went out on loan and actually came back to me and says, Stevie, do you know Dick Campbell? I says, very well. He went, is he any relation? I says, no. He says, oh my God, you should have heard what you he said to me. I went, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> he said, I'm laughing. Scotty, you needed it, you know. And he would he would laugh now and, and thank me for it. Same as Johnny, rude awakening. Absolute rude awakening. Probably, probably one that. Um, I think back um, to Scotty Fraser and Scotty you know was a bit annoyed at the time because sometimes the day players believe it or not they need convincing even though their coach that they've got loads of belief in is telling them that their best pathway, pathway is to go to Airdrie to go to fourth to go to Brecon obviously they think they're playing for United but they're not they're playing for United's 20s or they're playing a reserve team and they did used to convince them it was never about my team, it was about how could we get them in the first team and Scott mm-hmm. at the time was probably about annoyed, Charlie would come in, Aidan had come in you know, uh, Blair, Spital had come in, they were playing in the first team and I remember putting Scott in and just saying look do wants you to go to Airdre, he doesn't see you quite, probably physically it was as well, we, we um, Scott, I said, they're going to be Gary Bowen he's going to teach you loads, you're going to go into a league you know, that's going to be really tough and there's a lot you need to add to your game, I said mm-hmm. Our deal now is you've got to now go on to have a better career than anything. Although lot of it's not about now. It's about trying to look in the future. And I think yeah. that's a big part of your job, you know, when you when you're the youth coach or in that sort of middle period I've seen gratitude recently, um describing them as the in between us. They used to say that at the time together, because that's what they were. You know, they weren't the quite first team, they weren't a the quite they're too good for your youth team. So the best thing of do is to go out and play. And, and I'm not like to say a real football, but you know the 20s and that, that isn't a play at the same tempo. I'm not like to say there's no crowd because there's no crowd anywhere. But you know what I mean? In normal days, it's the best thing for them. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I say, a bit worried a week then. Playing me season pros there, some that have been at the top, others that aren't quite good enough, but their professionalism is amazing. And they're mm-hmm. maybe playing for 100 quid a week. That they need, Correct. you know, because yeah. that's a that's the part-time player, and they need to, to win that. So, I would always say, that if I look now, at best the of clubs they've got an, an abundance of players who on loan, you know, for the Chris Markley's and all that. And when and, and, you know, and, and then no, United fans are looking, go out of no I don't know, you just now get them in. They'll see better players in a year's time. I can promise them that. You know, mm-hmm. because they boys will get an absolute brilliant education. Look we'll at uh, just that because you have one example, there's loads of them out there, you know, Lewis up a pier head that. But you could say, is we Sean Dillon? Is we a management team that have been so successful? A good Montrose team playing in a really difficult division, you know, coming up against the Paul Dixons in this world. So to me, that is more, more invaluable than, you know, when I mean, they disrespect, they to a wee bounce game even if it is against Sheffield's right, and it gets called up at half-time at Tandies and you think you're doing great, it isn't the reality. The reality mm. is the glue on moan. And as I say, and um, my time at the under the night, there was, you know, not actually special ones because these ones become special as well, but maybe doing the opportunity, maybe doing the physicality, doing a lot of factors and, um, they did not have to go on loan, The opportunity comes quicker, but for the majority of them, that we bridge and gap is absolutely perfect. Um, mm. The date in other countries, you know, on mass, uh, and so I, th- I think it's I think it's invaluable experience mm. to, to go on there. I really do. It was
0: obviously it was quite amusing because obviously, jo- well, Johnny told us a, some stories about a Dick Campbell training session, which was. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he'd went for this professional training five times a week or whatever to part time boys. But Dick Campbell, I mean, if MD's met him, he's a character. But he could be wow. He could, oh yes, a flick of the switch
2: and it oh, would have been tough. Could. Yes, and yes. then people probably say old school, you yeah. know. Um, but but you know, maybe he's just 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 straight to the point. I would say, mm-hmm. um of obviously you know, and Dick for long, and I's brother and John Young, number three there is, it was my manager at uh, And that's what we were brought up with Archie Knox and Jotty Scotts and Gordon Wallace in this world. You know, they tell my mum and dad to come here and greet and right, I did. But it makes you harder. And I know we can't do that nowadays, but when you do go we you know, managers like John McLean and all that, then they we get me around. the football fuck knowledge is phenomenal. But mm. they've got that way of dealing with players, you know. it's 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 long term it's good for these young kids to, to get that um, rude awakening shall we say it was funny. Um, it was funny every one of them it was funny because
0: Johnny Russell had said he'd scored a goal and Craig Levine said in his press conference Ken, what's next for Johnny Russell he said he's going back out on loan but these uh, loan spells right. that. definitely seem to help him and you know the way he played Quarterly. listen he was devastated, we were devastated. You know, he was devastated he couldn't have played in the cup final because obviously he was not United exactly, at the time. that's right. But the loan spell made him because the player you then got
2: was was phenomenal. I would say there's your typical example, you know, that although he could have played a part, he wasn't ready to play, you know. And that was always a manager's job. Don't get me wrong, I probably, you know, got on a few managers' um, nerves by... Pushing my young lads, can I look back and reflect on ah oh, that happened? And maybe maybe I was too sort uh, um, lenient towards my boys and too passionate about them trying to push every single one in the first team. You get so close to me that you want to do that. And and it probably would annoy managers looking back now. Um because they're the ones that it's their job that's at stake. And if they didn't feel already, they're they don't need a stupid youth coach woman, harping on to them, get them in, get them in, get them in. So again, that just comes me experience and uh, looking back most definitely it's, it's definitely the right thing to do and as I say as much as I'm obviously known like, the Norman professional game I still like to look at especially the young talent coming through in the city you know and seeing that the map I think oh, there must be about ten or eleven you know between the two clubs that are more now learning mm. their trade. Everyone will come back a better player. That's one thing I could assure having seen it and done it all my life. And Scotty Fraser, let's look at Scotty, you know at the time thinking that once again I'll say it you know during United's Barnes Spell wasn't there at the time but I was forever watching people like Scotty and Jamie you know Matty Smith and that because I'd played such a big part in their development it was obviously hard to not see them because I, I wasn't there anymore, but still keep in touch with them and still wanted them to be well obviously the team on the day and so well and I think sometimes fans understand the frustration we're getting in there and go you know it might have been a bit harsh on them at times you know and um, I used to laugh at Scotty as well and tell him he doesn't have to fix his hair before he takes a free kick on the corner <laughs> but he used to just say to me that I'm jealous Well, you'll get what I'm like you know what, are you, be assist, line, you? what uh, are you trying exactly, to say Stevie? what are you trying to say exactly but uh, no I mean you, you know what it's like you know what it's like fans just want the best and sometimes you know the young players um, are in an environment that that's no as easy as what it was before. The pressure's on if, if a big club United is, is doing a division and us to get back up. You know yeah. it must have been a real, it certainly was a real hard time for them. But again, I even think if I look at Jamie Robson before, obviously his injury and all that. What a difference in him! You know he had these ups and doing spells. He had these spells that a lot of fans were, you know, never, never a wee bit critical. I think of him. but. Hopefully, I now see a mayor mature and somebody that's proven them wrong, you know. And and Scotland probably the same, you know. Going to uh, uh, two teams in England, Burton and MK Dons, fantastic Wednesday, you know. And we' have to go on a bit of goldies of this world, you know. I hope to see him in the Scotland squad. Uh, uh, that's for sure, mm. you know. That's. But he was one that would never went to on loan, you know, because, as I say, at, at that age and at that time. He was going to play a major part in the team, and probably the way the team played at that time suited that as well. You know, if you go to mm-hmm. a sort of front a Sifke, GMS, Stu, and Goldie, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? No, listen, he he, he was no.
0: he, he was singing the praises of playing in that team when he was almost the other week. No wonder he um, no wonder, no. he he did. He mentioned that obviously he went through a, a a Jackie McNamara preseason. He went a Peter Houston preseason, but he said the, the season before. You had a Stevie Campbell pre-season <laughs> what's a Stevie Campbell pre-season when it's at home how does that go I back I remember then?
2: that was it eh, eh. well we always tried to mother the first team's training obviously in the days of sports science and all that as well um, but I always tried to you know make it hard of course and um, but I always liked to date with the ball as well. You know what I mean? I didn't know, like the you know, old fashioned run, run, run unless it annoyed us too much. I would throw that in now and again, you know. Uh, these The times have changed that way as well. But in fact, I remember back to Goldie's first pre season, only you know, 15 at a time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we brought him in at a time where. We couldn't even buy them, you know. We are not buy them, and uh, there was quite you a few of them. Scotty coming at that time, as well. Yeah, I remember back. Uh, I think it was the heat was the biggest problem. That was the mess. Definitely <laughs> not. Um, <laughs> what, what, what Talk about with the waitmans. Yeah,
0: you've mentioned Goldie, you mentioned uh, John Seward as well. We've touched on the game, but that match, although we got beat against Celtic at Hamden, wow, incredible. Wow.
2: Yes, yes, yes. I mean. Heart and Muth at moments when Sobe's Danish Cruyff turns and that in the edge of the box and Victor Wanyama shutting him down and that but again to me it was it was a breath of fresh air wasn't it? It was and it was great that the manager put them in at the time had had the the bottle if I could, if I could say that one to put them in and it was brilliant I think back to a simple pass for Goldie to set up GMS um, it looked simple but only goal they could play it to get that economy well was chasing back, get him off balance. GMS Run didn't first. make it a break. That was brilliant, wasn't it? Just class side in the net. Absolute yeah. class, you know, and class is yeah. something that you can coach these things and in, in players like like Vian Gold, you know what I mean? Um, absolutely brilliant. Soapy, unfortunately, is injured just now. Had a wee bit of a hard time in terms of that. Um, but uh you know, you know, I had great dealings with Soapy and his brother Harry uh, when we got promoted to breaking. believe it or not. You know, they're big breaking fans and his dad plays a big part in that as well. So um, at times on the exit United, I hadn't spoken to them. It was brilliant. That, uh, you know, uh, the night at um we ended up with nine o'clock, we won on penalties and the stewards come across his TV, there's a family way in there and they'll no go to you go there. And I went across Harry asking there, think it was his stoke gear on or something. And it was just brilliant <laughs> to see them Celebrating a breaking victory, you're like, Oh my god, get it! and just brought on back uh, the good times at United. It was great and mm-hmm. great to see them are doing well, you know. You know, um, they deserve it because they put so much into it, you know. And I think every one of them would agree they a, a brilliant upbringing at United. Mm. You know, the thing is, really Steve, Stevie,
0: you, you must get in. What, what is John Souter's best position because at United we, we ju- you just <laughs> felt he was here, there, everywhere and maybe yeah. would it maybe hinder them a
2: little bit? You know what? I, I, I played him I played him believe it or not in his first game so for me he was 14 it was a youth cup semi-final we lost bloody 5-4-2 Goldie scored 2 Robert Thompson scored 2 the Queen of the South of all people um, God we're 4-2 up in my worst memories as a, a United coach but anyway um, John came in, we were, we were right back at the time, and goalie actually got in the Scotland squad, and the game got called off. So they were going to win the Scotland 19s with um, Ricky Spraiser at the time, but we had our semi-final against uh, Queen of the South. So Ricky phoned me up to say, Steve, you obviously are no Tati boys, why are we This this? How noisy is. says, well, if you know not to the diary, you've got your semi-final. Limit. So I'm not going to deny them a, an opportunity to he says, hey, but that's going to weaken your team. And you're like, oh, it's not going to weaken my team and I've got John Sears waiting on the wings, you know what I mean? Uh, but mm. probably, but like Jackie, that was a a ball to throw him in as a 4 year old But I played him out right back, believe it or not. Now, I'm not answering that question only saying that's his best position. What I'm saying is, he adapted to his mentality. Funnily enough, he got sent off, but that's irrelevant. That was for his naivety. <laughs> but the way he played the way he played through the 90 minutes was absolutely uh-huh. 89 minutes was absolutely brilliant for a 14-year-old coming yeah. in a seventh final youth cup we a wee crowd in that and he might be D- just told me this boy's going to be a star. and yeah what position is he? I think he could play various positions I always thought centre half was going to be eventually his best position but he obviously needed time growth training coaching for him to become experienced you know, for him to become the centre-half that I think was saw at Hearts before his injury. You know what I mean? Um, no just the ball playing centre-half that we saw, I think a more physical and better defender you know, I worked on them defensively quite a lot. I had loads of debates, and I loved that. We boys like John and Goldie, and that. No saying they were questioning my knowledge. They wanted to ken why am I doing. That's why you tell me you shot off the front post there. Blah blah blah. Which is which is a I think a great education for young players. I always welcomed that in them as well. But you always knew that. Yeah, he's adaptable. But I I think he's he's a centre half, and I think you'll prove that over time. You know, was it you? That, was it you that
1: christened them uh, like? Mini Piquet and Mini Messi. <laughs>
2: no, I got worried one day when Soapy told me that his favourite player was David Luiz. And I Oof. thought, you know, a boy that does not want to defend, a boy that wants to just swan in a Soapy, please don't tell me that. Um, <laughs> Piquet is probably in the same bracket, if you know what I mean. I've already turned around and said it was Gary Kenneth from Mobile Bowl Bears. That was his centre half, you know, uh, his favourite player. But uh, uh, no, I don't think I could take the blame for that. But at times when he was doing that, I was just enjoying to see, albeit I think there was about 20,000 people, and then more so than me, you know, with my hair and my mouth at the time. But it came off. It
0: came off, frankly. It was it, it was incredible. We um, were speaking to Ryan Gold uh, the other week as well, and the kind of shock of the his move kind of come out in a place. Do you remember sort of the sort of how it came about? It was the first day of pre season, totally. when he said Abdi was going on their yo-yo test, and he was like, "Thanks, boys. See his letter.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I must admit, it was obviously. There was talk of it, which there always is between the coach and staff all that. But I think I was more shocked, which I shouldn't have been because Goldie was always different for the rest of them and how he thought about the game. And I put that down to Ian Carter, you know, somebody that I've openly said is a genius and I know he didn't have a great you know, time at Hearts, but I don't care about that. Uh, Ian obviously was in the, the youth system um, when they first came to United uh, and he was responsible mainly for the, the goals and shooters and their early development and it was so different for what Ed Sheen had we with about 50 coaches at the time, some brilliant coaches that, that are they steal be um, things for it, you know, good and bad. But Ian was just so so different for anybody else, and I think that was ingrained in Goldie. He didn't want to go do England. he didn't want to do the usual go to Selling Rangers. And I think, although I was shocked on the day that it just happened so quickly, I shouldn't have been, you know, because it was Goldie, you know, and I'm so glad that after that long time. You know, that people have thought, hasn't it been a good move? Well, I think they're going to be proved wrong. Right. And I've openly said that over the last five years as well. It was just because it was such a unique thing today, such a mm-hmm. different thing today, that it did, you know, as I say, even as youth coach, it shocked me as well. But I knew he would handle it. I knew he would handle the lines. I remember the first time he came back, we had a game at Tanadis. And he walked in after maybe being over there four or five months and the difference in his build. And I mean, he just almost turned into a man. You know, you're like, oh, yeah. who's this guy coming in? So I said, my brother got you know," um, and so like, I mean, what, what I mean, you see them, you hear them now speaking the language now. And it's fantastic, and obviously, let's hope he gets into you know the the Scotland squad. albeit we be up very comfortable in that midfield area, but I think somebody like Ryan Gould, I'll, always add, I'll always add someone. Yeah, and I think I think we were almost spelled at that time. The, the, the one, the one, so sort I of, uh, regret eh, eh? when you work in a youth system when you work so hard with their players. It's bad enough when they've played 150 games and they get sold. You know, you don't want them to leave. Um, Stuart told me on the Friday night before the Cup semi, and I've still got his uh, shirt in there for the game against Aberdeen at 1-2-1. One, one. He assured me he wasn't going to Selick. And I find out two nights later that he's at Selick. You know, you're like, what? What? You know, you hope he would go to England at that time. Um, but what I was going to say was, Stuart played his 150 games or whatever, Um dowsers did that, you know, people that moved on. Shopee did it to a lesser extent. It's when the go I goal they played twenty or something. It's when they go like that that you almost think, as a youth setup, God, has it been worth it? you know what I mean? You know you know, like your fans almost got a glimpse. They've been used to seeing boys be there for twelve years. You know, yeah. suddenly it was twelve to twenty games for this talent, and of course, it was a lot of money. And I could understand that side of it as well. But when you're predominantly a youth coach, when you've had a wee hand and you had the privilege at that time as well, when it was on the bench to watch them being the first team, that was almost an amazing thing as well. The majority of youth team players that, that made it before am usually awarded a report, you know, for the manager. Um, for the, the, the opponents. So you didn't see them. Jackie put me on the bench, which was a great time just to see them um, you know, martin their debuts, playing the games, you're then the behavior you be doing it was amazing, an amazing feeling looking back to that. But when they've only played so many games and go, it's a real blow. I'm not gonna let you know even when it was gone, when I saw Harry's suit on that going, I thought he should have played 150 to 200 games for United, you know. no for yeah. Harry's point of view, just just be what I think the youth system's worse. And I know, I know it's changing, and I know it's getting more difficult. I know it's we are, and it goes on. Agents are said and the money doing south, the same and abroad, you know, it's phenomenal. It's so hard to, to keep them. Again, unfortunately, going to have the days, the Davion Aries and Paul, it's hard to take, but it's a, it's a true thing. But again, I'll say it, if you've had a hundred and so many games, at least you've had a couple of seasons with them to enjoy them. Rather than that be so fleeting. That's that's the way I would I would look at it. And probably Andy Robertson comes into that bracket as well, although he was in a youth system. It was a year and then wow, you know what I mean? Frightening, frightening. Mm. You
1: the, kind not um, hold their boys back though, can you? No. Oh just, God, no! And that's, that's so hard. That's special.
2: Oh God, yeah. and that, that must be the hardest thing. That must be a take as a fan. That must be absolutely horrendous. And that what was like as a just a youth coach? You know what I mean? You're watching the boys. Well, it's what you've wanted for them. Something when it comes to like you think oh
0: you know I wish you'd had another yeah but no, nothing works out that way does it doesn't it no. no the thing no. is as well you know like I say, Goldie only made 50 appearances overall a lot of sub appearances at the start but one man you mentioned there who sometimes is the pick of the bunch of people that went under the radar a little bit because of the creativeness around them but Stuart Armstrong oh god I yeah. mean was just a phenomenal player that just grew and grew in stature but that is easily the worst exit for, as a fan oh, just oh, because everything yeah. happened but what a player first and foremost
2: oh brilliant brilliant oh god uh, um, uh, Stu was at Inverness as you can had been at Inverness and I probably was a bit um, not going to use the word sneaky but I used um, obviously people up there that I knew to make sure I got him out there for nothing well actually um, we got a bit lucky in terms of his family moved in here at Piper's Dam next to Lewis Nielsen as you've probably read yeah. his left mm. and uh, he used to come in the train with us at Gussie, with in Inverness here. And he just caught me uh, immediately. We had sat down to TV at that time. I remember watching him playing for the youths. So a good pal of mine, who still for this, Scott Kellacher, Alec Clellum was the youth coach at the time. I'll, I'll never forget this. I got into trouble. Um, to my brothers, to go back to the job engulfing you. I, I was going to work at Newcastle end the season, couple of days off, while I get steaming with my brothers, and they basically said to me in the back of the car, you're getting to Berwick on the phone, Steve, and you're putting your phone down. But in terms of, if you've I'm doing a deal with Inverness for a boy called Shield. Armour. That's a 2 story. He said, Going to please geese to Newcastle because this seems worth it, you know. <laughs> Bear in mind, I'm talking to the four Dundee fans here. But anyway, <laughs> we got that deal out the way. We brought him in I mean, he played two years in the youth skin. He, he again wasn't outstanding. I laugh as well going back to in his first games. They got quite excited about signing them. And, You know, the youth system was changing at the time. Um, Graham Livingston, who I'm still good pals with you as well. The job that he did for Dundee United is just, you know, absolutely phenomenal. I'll go back to uh, the players that you talked about before. You know, Libby was at the club for about 30 years a bit of an unsung hero for me. But he moved on, you know, and, and like myself, you never move on. And it's a happy clapping, you know. Sometimes it's no under good terms. And I felt a bit sorry for Libby, um, but still keep in touch with him. But I was in that interim period where um, Ian, Ian, um, I'd say to Craig Levine, actually. Look, there's a boy used to hear that you want to really speak to. You know, he says, Who's this? I said, Boy oh, and Carthell? So different. I never forget, I sort of uh, got the two of them a meeting in their office. And they just become the cup of tea, boy, and coffee boy. I was getting them, well, oh, do you want sugar? Do you want a biscuit? I've never felt <laughs> another in my life. Two of them with the intelligence that they've got. And that was it. They clicked, you know. He was Craig's type of man. And then the youth system changed a lot, so I was glad to sign and be a part of I had been offered to go to St. Johnson at the time. And Dundee had come back in for me as well at the time. Um Tony Dock had went to St. Johnson and him and Dell had spoken to me about going there. But I was just signing Stuart as well. I was near why I was so happy, you not me why I was gonna leave. Um but Stuart come in and uh, I signed a new contract and spoke to Living about him. So about six weeks into one of these infamous pre-seasons that Goldie speaks about, uh, we went to what uh, Strongaway for a wee sort of pre season tournament that Craig Levine organised. But of course, the first team are going as well. So we played this game on in Ben Better on the Tuesday night and we had a game on the Wednesday. So, of course, as he always did, Craig Levine phones me um, at the hotel in Strongaway. I'm just getting the boys a wee all because we've got a game that night as well against a, a sort of select team and a big crowd in that coming. And Levine's like, oh, how, how did the game go? We took four boys on that year. How did they? He went, come on then. How's your golden boy, Stevie? I'm strong. I said, look, he played really well. I says, we've got a game tonight. I'll give you a shout them on Gaffer. I'll let you get him. He gets on. He says, no, I'll see you there. I said, what are you talking about? I'm in it." He says, I'll see you there. I'm flying over. And I've never <laughs> met a man as obsessed as that in my life. We fucked that. So, sure <laughs> as 10 Ken Siggins, he winded me up because Levine <laughs> wind up as well and do you know what it was amazing as to what I did to the youth players I'm actually standing on the bench big crowd beautiful hot night in the middle of storm. the are playing the select game just kicking off and then works you know big Craig specs on basically just shoved me out the way I went to being the T-boy to the Fleming Ice Bucket Man like at that time and he just took over he just took over the game it was just like a wee pond there but it was brilliant for him to come to Scott in the way as a manager of the club, to see the four boys that would sing in the team The absolute um, pleasure that gave them and lift it that they gave them was brilliant. I remember him saying to me after the game, wee bit soft, Stevie, but I think you've got a gem there. Mm-hmm. And, it was, and it was true. You know, it was true. And, you know, Stu, I think, if I go back to some of the games, it's probably his mentality as well. His first games, he didn't bust on the scene, did he? He, he sort of just... He played his way in, and fans would maybe think, this boy's okay. I think the best came in the next year. Somebody like Scotty Harlan, you know, Scotty was a totally different mentality, absolute brilliant boy, didn't get me Mm wrong. But he knew he was good, you know, and and, and what to to teach Scotty a a lot of things after the park in terms of, and after the bar as well, you know, he was always the man that just wanted to get the man play that we pass. But when he made his debut, it was like, man of the match, man of the match, man of the match, you know, half, things like that. He just burst on the scene because that was his stage. Stuart was different Stuart was dead on a human probably too intelligent to be a football player as well again being a lawyer um, but there was just a difference in him and I always knew that he wouldn't have just burst on the scene and i to go wow it was in mm-hmm. them that just took time you know I did say I was lucky enough to see that when he was 15, 16 got him in for nothing and then the rest is history you know the one good thing about um, Breakin is that his dad's been at me for ages to go and see him I've not seen him play for Southampton so now obviously once Covid's out of the way I'll get the chance to. Do it. because obviously I couldn't have turned to my manager well when, when, say, when, when you way, go to see him
1: when you go to meet up with him tell him that there's a podcast up in Dundee they wouldn't mind speaking he'll, he'll,
2: he'll come on it you'll be, be
1: the smartest man ever to come on it so so say, maybe no offence to of you <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly. yeah. but again like a lot of them still keep in touch still look at his progress and that's absolutely fantastic and that last shot that I've got in as um, is, is a, is a, a pride of place for me as well you know um, yeah. he gave me it uh, after the game he must have knew he was going you know I mean when I think about that now that yeah. was there uh, was it the Saturday I think we beat Aberdeen 2-1 yeah, yeah it way uh, on oh. uh, and, and it went on the, Monday. the infamous Monday night you know that was uh, I mean another memory of mine that day was was meeting Dicker at 6 o'clock uh, we, we still uh, blame the Dicker
1: for the, the transfers okay.
2: <laughs> he tell us that it story incredible because I'm saying <laughs> to Dicker well, you, you, wait till you're with cars, wait till you play with Stu you'll not believe it. it's going to be great and then by the back of 10 they were gone you know but it's foot <laughs> back and, and you know very, to our point of view again to our absolute brilliant boys you know GMS and Stu that I think served United well you know they did they did they gave it their all and I'll always have a soft spot for the club, like myself, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, you it, know, I do. He, he went on, I mean, sure, 150 appearances for United. You know, he, he said his time, it was just probably just enough for me, you know,
2: just, just to do that.
0: It was the time I, we oh.
2: I couldn't believe you let me do it. I went to Celtic but we'll, we'll let him, we'll let him
0: ask I, me know. That, I know, listen, um, you look at him now, he's he, he's flying, which is kind of, of the main course. thing. Well, wow. I'm assuming that. You know, for you as a coach, before you you did step back, like you mentioned, Stevie. Is it just you, you watched them making their debut is going to be a proud moment? You know, getting this big moves a proud moment and going on to play for Scotland as well. I mean, you've Brilliant. then done your job
2: in countless numbers. Totally, totally. Well, Kim, what you think you have right? I, I, again, I remember uh, I was at break at the time. I'm I'm doing my academy, and it was actually doing a an eight-year-old's birthday. I then got picked up. Manhattan face Stu's dad guy jumping the car to go and watch Stu play for Scotland England it was a real poignant moment for me going this is what I'm doing now could this next boy that wee boy Taylor who's now 11 could this be the next year I'm sorry. who knows great wee player I'm eating birthday cake and I'm jumping in guy's car to go and watch Stu play for Scotland obviously the infamous game two all Lee Griffiths has two goals and he did give the ball away at the end so you're right I thought I'd done my job he comes in at the end but waiting on him to a cup of tea. He said, an incredible season for Celtic. And I had to give him a pep talk for about an hour to get his uh, confidence back up again. I'm thinking, Sue, hold on a minute. Again, you've won the league. You're playing against a the team that do too well we boys on the bench that are worth 50 million. You're mm. going to worry your model girlfriend to, you know, a house in France for nine days and then consoling you, you know what I mean? For one <laughs> for one bad pass.
1: And he's got a magnificent uh, head of hair as well.
2: He's ex- <laughs> exactly. He's too good looking, is he? Um, But no, no, it's 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 brilliant. It's just great to see them, obviously when they're playing for Scotland and that. You couldn't not be anything but proud watching. Of course, that that
1: uh, Scotland England game. I maintain to this day that if it wasn't such an intelligent player as Armstrong that had that, but but say it's me. I'm just kicking it as far. as Totally, totally. He's trying to play the perfect pass to finish the game completely, and it's obviously—it's it's exactly back. what he
2: said to me. Paul, he said to me something stupid like, "You never taught me to kick out the pass," you know, something like that. you know, he gets me fault. all the time. It's, it's your my fault. fault. When that text him out, "Be <laughs> left foot goal or whatever, man in the match," he always gets back saying made in St Andrews. I love it. It's yeah. great. Yeah, that says that, uh, in his dad and brother, his dad and brother still go to watch United every week, mm-hmm. which is amazing, eh? Yeah. You know, I mean obviously when they got the chance to go and see Stu, they go and see Stu, but up until as we keep going on about March, they we're going to see United every week, which is just shows you how much of a sort of imprint that, that United made on Stu as well. Yeah. Uh, it's
0: you know you look back at like see some of the names I know you looking back at some of your career and Paul had to put a list a of load of players and you're like man there's been loads of them <laughs> uh, obviously you know when it finishes at United and you're going through everything you need to do were you still was there a hunger still to be involved in football before the breaking thing come up or what were what, what you kind of um... thinking
2: then. I mean, obviously, well, you know, as I kind as of go into it because of legal things, we had the court case coming up, which did the go-to court, and obviously um, I had offers for and that Eddie was going to be his manager, more is to go to, um, was it Norway? I think he was over there. To yep. Jesus, and my grand. And and the hunger wasn't quite there as much as what it was. I'm thinking, is this an effect of what happened? Um, you know, you're in the moment at the time. I mean, I... The, the, the one thing I really want to say during that time is that support that I got for United people, United fans, helped me through a hard time in my life. You know, I, I can't deny that. Obviously, my family were absolutely amazing, but the fans, and still to this day, you know, we're, we're nearly ready green, you know. We yeah, I also got loads of references if I did go to for a thousand players and staff and that, that what we and I'm not gonna lie, I was greeting reading them, you know. Sometimes you mm. didn't you didn't know you had that effect on people. Um so the year went on and the way I turned out I wasn't allowed to be involved, you know, just because of the localities what for a year. Dodgy was obviously a good pal. I'd spoke to dodgy that actually been quite instrumental, believe it or not, and speaking to uh, Getting Jamie Robson for United to, to Breakin. And Breakin's a club that I've got obviously in my heart as well, because I played there for three years and then went back and coached for the, 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 the four years there. Um which which we had ups and dunes, you know, mere dunes in the last couple of years, obviously. But great ups when we came up to the championship and coming back to Tanadays to, to play was amazing, you know. i not a play but to be sitting on the bench. So great times at Breakin, but um, and no, I wasn't sure. Um spoke to a couple of clubs and a couple of people about the assistant manager thing, this and that. Once I got the settlement, basically went, went on the cruise. Uh, strangely enough, I went to Nottingham to do a month's coaching to see if I would get my buzz back. That was the main reason I did that. And the boy that um, organised me going to Nottingham, believe it or not, is Stevie Frale, who's now the assistant manager at United. We're, we're brilliant pals, for hey, we Dundee so we started at time. So. Yeah, Shaggy. It was Shaggy. He's no best man, but Usher at his wedding, you know, fellow gingers. No left foot this time in common, just gingers. And he's a a top boy and a top coach. And, you know, United should be thankful to him. He's a great lad. Uh, We've had a a couple of players. We're still waiting on the cup of tea because I tell them how busy you'd be at United, you know, if it's ever my life there. But Mm -hmm. an absolute brilliant boy and I can't wait to, once COVID's here, catch up with him as well. But we do, we do speak often. So he organised the Nottingham thing. I went for a week and Dodgy phoned us up and says, but you know Fancy just coming at the break Stevie, you know, but, but that's I met a couple of times. There was a boy, Lee Bailey there that was my mate from Livingston as well and I was going as number three and it was different for I'd done as developed players and my, my result on a Tuesday or Saturday or whenever the game was didn't matter, you know, as much as what players get in the first team were. Well, suddenly, you know, you were going into an environment where you're coaching the first team and the result was the most important thing on the Saturday. So, eh, I, I got a bit of a buzz back. I did enjoy it. But I still had for what I loved doing best, which was seeing the wee faces of people that you've had a hand in and going on to what we've talked mm-hmm. about there, you know. And I'm doing it now, uh, obviously in business now, and that involved coming back for that, Not and, as I said earlier, being the homeboy that I am. I was homesick. I was actually doing there with Gordon Young, believe it or not. We'd just been sacked as Mitch number two the same time. As uh, so you can imagine, their conversation in the car going down. Um, Ian Murray was in the car, Ian King was in the car. So we went to did the coach and things for a week. I was meeting him for a month. But me being me, I'd, I'd, I'd got a phone call from Robbie Rayside, a parliament from the Dundee days, came up the road, met Fergus Storey. Boy, that I know ex-policeman who runs Showcase the Street. And... Obviously, he's got Manhattan works there. We've had been in quite a few times. We've a goldies in of this world. Um, Richie Ryan and that. I remember doing Richie Ryan and that in there because it's a fantastic setup. And we actually started up a thing called Skills Academy. Fergus spoke to me about that. Basically stopped me going back to Nottingham. And I thought, this is where I want to go. I mm. wanted to pace back for that. I never wanted to be my one and only anymore. The year out of football, as I say, I enjoyed the time. We my family I'm not sure my wife did actually I'm not sure she liked it you are not night do but and I'm like <laughs> I'm nah, she understood how passion that I was about you know and it, and it was really difficult at times when you didn't get days off and whatever uh, at that, that time I talked to other 39 days in a row I remember saying to Susan look I'm off on Sunday she went oh, I'll believe it when I see it I said no no big Craig said it's okay Um I'll tell you I, I, what a joke. I'll go for a coffee to St Andrews. Travel to St Andrews every day for training. And I'll my wife on a, a date to St Andrews, good day. Anyway, Sunday morning <laughs> at 11 o'clock, we are getting ready to go to St Andrews. Texted a big gaffer, Stevie, where's it under in the under 13th point of day? Oh, Gussie at 12 o'clock, gaffer. OK, see you there. No, are you going, Stevie? Well, actually, I promised my wife that I'm going to work. But soon <laughs> got on that well, I mean, I think she was scared of that I didn't mind there. So <laughs> no, those days, as much as a joke about that. I'm not going to say it took its toll. Um, I, just, I just sort of looked at life differently. Um, it was still like in my 40s, just coming up to 50 at the time. And I thought, do I want to go back into that? You know, and the answer was no. Breaking <laughs> again, um, people that I knew well, uh, we dodged you, obviously, and the next day United, and then obviously um, Lee Bailey and you thought perfect, absolute perfect. And I love my four years, even as bad as what the last two years have gone. You know, I gave it up just at the start of the season, not to do with the results. I'm just gutted that I left him in a poor position. Because uh, Mark Wilson, again, through my United contacts, uh, an absolute gem, old boy, had come in. Although he's not there now, um, I think Mark will go on to be a good manager. But. Uh, I really enjoyed what we, marked, enjoyed what we, Barry Smith and you from me days. It's just been the click, you know, we dodged, it was great. We went up to that championship, we looked for depth, you know, without a doubt. And I just think we've had a bit of a hangover since then. But you have to then look at life. It's my own business now with SEFA, it's going brilliant. COVID had kicked in, we started doing one-on-ones up at Berkey, and I enjoyed that mayor back coaching, a lot of the guys as well doing the one-on-ones, might be in at the clubs, but it's United, done decent Johnson, so you're still working as well We elite players, and i what we with a lot that are in the elite as well, which I enjoy equally as much, and I've got, a kind of sounds bad, eh? I've got a life, you know, i did done a, obviously i worked the half-eight the other night, but I didn't start before the four o'clock today, you know, and it's an amazing feeling, after there are years to talk to you about Saturday, that you could actually no be it again, nobody getting him at eight and nine o'clock at night for the game. Um, it just sounds strange. Training we break in was a Monday night and a Wednesday night. You're shooting doing a little care getting him at midnight. It was just becoming too much. So the business is, is the big thing now and and I just love to see it. You know, they're running the door. have got 25 classes. Uh, still had great ties. We've bathed the clubs and um, as I say, a lot of the young players that were working we now at a really young age that I hadn't done for years as well more or less energize me as well. Girls as well. I've had a girls class night which I never thought I would do, you know, because girls' football's taking over as you know. So I've actually opened up loads of new doors, met loads of new people, and had a completely different life for the hurly burly off, you know, the real coaching game within the professional game. Um, and and I'm happy. I'm really happy and and I look back on my, my time at other clubs and the coaching side. I'm still doing the coaching but slightly different. We nothing but great pride and great enjoyment because it was it was great. I just did not think I just did not think I had the energy to do again. I just don't think I almost like it's a young man's game. You know what I mean? Like, again, that sounds daft, but just because of the 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 oars that are involved, and this might sound really stupid. I love the fact that I'm indoors all the time. You know, at Manhattan, I used to be in St. Andrews. Absolutely, you can't what it's like when you go out and watch your training guys. If it's a windy day and it's the middle of December, wow used to tap me the next day I thought you know what I mean but but again that sounds stupid things but tacking the football side and the passion side the life side is great you know and Mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying time with my family that is so much more than what it was in in the days of being a youth coach do not get me wrong. I had a brilliant 10 years met absolutely brilliant people and I'll say it again the fans were and still are phenomenal for somebody you remember that was brought up bloody on the other side I couldn't believe how welcomed I was into, into that club you know so although it finished on a, bit of a sour note never even had any regrets at all with that you move on you know you move on and uh, I think if you're, if you're a person that has regrets and anything you didn't enjoy life and they always have mm-hmm. done and how can I know when we speak with we, what we're speaking about there you know with the memories that I've got uh, are games are players Still speak the words amount of time. It's brilliant, you know. It's great, and I still look at our teams' results. Saturday was hard because I played for Livy. Of coach he's right. I'm thinking I'll settle for the draw. You know what I mean? But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. But I'll always look at uh, you know for for the guys and the teams. That's for sure. I've got a couple, of, a couple of things, but just to go back to
1: your time at so there was a guy that I used to go up to the, the reserve games uh, up at Station Park uh, oh, hey, yeah. with, with Chris Benison, we used to watch this jinky winger, so GMS was in the first team at this point, and this winger, he looked really good, Like there were certain things that were lacking in his game, he didn't seem like tracking back, but when he got the bye, he caught my life and he looked really good. Justin Johnson. Justin, God, amazing. Yes. I, I was like, I, and I'll, I'll probably get a bit stuck online for saying this, but I genuinely thought he was going to take over the what GMS
2: a and.
1: Talent, Paul. What it just a never talent. happened. It just Do never you know, happened for that boy. I,
2: I, I would probably have to say and go back to a famous Craig Levine quote. Uh, I'll not tell you what it was about, but I was coaching two strikers at the time. One was Johnny Russell and he come up and whispered in my ear saying Stevie save your voice and as you could hear Paul my voice isn't about my heart for coach in the night as it always is that's husky voice but anyway I said to the guy what do you mean and it was a good up and coming young player as well and he just whispered in my ear he said Stevie he doesn't take incoming calls and I just burst out <laughs> laughing and it wasn't until later I realised what he meant he's uh-huh. uncoachable yeah and was a wee bit like that you yeah. know you couldn't see the progress the talent but it was too sporadic you know mm-hmm. you're dead right some of the games I recall one that I think would be at Ross County at about 9-2 and I think he scored three and set four yeah. and you're like this boy He's a maverick, obviously but you're thinking wow incredible but I think you know shall we say I don't know, like to use the word uncoachable I'll stick to Craig Levine's quote and I just think when you come back to speaking about Paul Dixon Scott Robertson you need that desire you need that mm-hmm. you know real workman for the team you know and the, you know one of the days as sort of most teams here and your Maverick player what well, doesn't do the defending but I do it now you know and I think that was just in trouble you know yeah. because talent wise he's up there with the ones that were mentioned before you know I mean? No. That, like GMS people would think I'm off my head saying that but believe me, it was, because even in training, some of you are going, how did he do that? You know what I mean? Uh, it was breathtaking stuff. Yeah, he definitely you know, and, looked good.
1: He definitely and looked you know
2: good. what? There's loads, there, there, there's Paul, that that, that. I look back and think, God, I thought he would have done better. and mm-hmm. I thought he would have... Sometimes it's just other things. It's after the park. It's, it's Ken splitting up with her girlfriend, no recovering from that. Ken, it could be a multitude of things. Um, and that's how Ken at the club's... You just try and give them the most support that you get. There's sometimes mm. things in their hate, sometimes in their family life, which is quite heartbreaking. It's probably some of them seeing a wee bit more now, you know, we want them doing the younger ones and that. And you just try and give them that as much support and as much as you could do to be a sort of father figure to them mm. to try and get them through it. Unfortunately, it doesn't always be successful, you know? And like I'm saying about, you know, how things end at you United know, and when I look back at things, I don't want to look back at the ends that didn't make it you know what I mean because as I say you still feel you've had an imprint in their life that way but maybe just for one reason or another weren't they quite good enough to play for you know a Dundee United um, and even sometimes when they go do the leagues, they find out as well they just lose their way a wee bit in life and just go on to do other things but you're right Justin was frightening at times frightening
1: yeah um,
2: absolutely yeah yeah, absolutely. and there's other, there's definitely others. You know what I mean? I actually found it great at Brackenwell. There wasn't a many games, believe it or not. Again, because of the business that I was in, that I would look at the opposition team and go, "God, I coached him, I coached him, I coached him." You know, it was amazing, absolutely amazing. And probably because it'd be the, the, the three clubs you know in in boys like Rory McAllister and Vigors and all that so obviously Dundee done days we are the ends playing Bobby Linneman and then the United days would it be Reagan Chimulte or Robert Thompson Dale Hurston probably won that again I would say that I thought we'd have done better but just for one reason or another you know it didn't quite harm for them and they're still they're still doing well enough playing at that level but you would have thought they might have just you know Make either got chance or whatever yes, yes um, but it was always quite funny that you know almost every week you're going for God's sake there's another player coming up against you know we can tell <laughs> That's a, sign, that's a sign of the your end Stevie That's a sign of your You know what that's exactly what that is and <laughs> as I said earlier the minute I start forming coaching grandsons is when the, the coaching uh, Manuel's getting put in the bin <laughs> <laughs> listen I, I, I never
0: thought we'd, we'd near finish our chat by speaking about uh, Justin Johnson but there we go Paul's got <laughs> Paul, Paul's got one thing he needs to bring up to finish things on, off. one thing
1: and it's a completely non-football related Stevie oh my uh, god oh you, you've kind of you kind of touched on it that you're you're enjoying your life now uh, yes. a wee bit more yes. yes. than when you were 24-7 at the time. Yeah. But, but there was, a did not get any exact date of this incident, we'll call it. But it was oh a few God. years He'll ago. You're not anyway. getting me
2: worried, right? You're getting well, me you
1: worried. Sh- you should be. And we're not right. cutting this out. Right. So <laughs> so, so, my, my old man is trying to sleep soundly in his bed on a Saturday night many, many moons ago, him and oh. his partner. And he hears the door going. Like, it must have been about the back of one in the morning. Chop, chop, chop. So like a key getting jammed in the lock, just no opening. And he tells me that he was a, a big, brave man here, but I think he was under the bed <laughs> and, it was, and it was his partner that was at the door. But, but it turns out that the person at the door was Stevie Campbell, Oh, my God. And he forgot. He'd, I think he'd been at Lockheed United Hospital cool. or something. Are you going to be blaming George Shields for this? I can't believe you moved on oh, two boy, years was previous. with me that night.
2: Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> How, what were you drinking? How do you forget where you stay and that right. you moved to, the... to
2: a year before? Here's the here's the background to this, right? And and that's a brilliant story. And I can't <laughs> deny it. You're talking well with court there, aren't you? Yeaman's, Correct. Yeaman's alley. Sight <laughs> there for 10 years. So funnily enough, here's the game And the day. If you look back to the day, speak to your old man. I'm on the bench, we united. We're playing Dundee. Mm-hmm. Ray Farmingham that I mentioned earlier is on the bench as the number two to John Brown. We actually scored a late winner, midscraft down one all. We mm-hmm. didn't play too well that day, if you remember that game.
1: Yes, I remember it. Yeah. So
2: whacking up the path, uh Half time boot tan is walking up towards John Brown. Actually, says to me, Someone like Campbell, you're a i am not say what he said, because um, <laughs> he swore about five times. Are some of these young boys ain't a day with you? Man, he's jumping the boot like me. But, so, I don't know so that's what he's saying, right? I used to be scared of John Brown when I mean, it played with him, he. so I was just scared when he was saying that. So Jinky sort of calmed him down. I think maybe one nil doing it, at the time. No, no, but one of them anyway, but it was great to that So, anyway, Jinky says to me, Come Campbell, you're a boring getter. It's true, I never go out, he says, <laughs> uh, he says, we need to go out, I just get watch walk, see if we get got a draw the day, we're going out, oh Paul, true story, finish that game, goes down the ferry, we drink. he meets Stuart Garden, you know, obviously, big United man, um, Shields are there, uh, God, that's my battery going, I hope it's coming back on it, ah, Shields here, are in there, here, yeah. Shields are actually, stayed with me for a wee bit, in Wellwood court, here's my excuse anyway, absolutely steaming, <laughs> thrown at the fort, thrown at the eagle, can't remember any of that. What I do, remember, is waiting up the next day for my wife going mental, the police brought me him, <laughs> joked to my wife, she got the flag, my wife opens the door, here's a policeman, <laughs> we had they had to bring me him from Wellwood Court, uh-huh. because Ed went back there, bear in mind, it was about five years after I moved, uh-huh. the copy, and uh, <laughs> Ed blamed it for speaking about the good old days, because shields are a jinking that, when I did well, that is so funny, honestly, <laughs> absolutely, brilliant. <laughs> so um. tell your dad, don't panic, don't panic. It was only me. It was only me. And I think I've only had about two drinks since, and that's probably because Susan won't <laughs> let to do it again that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, oh, that's brilliant.
2: Oh brilliant. It was uh, it was, that sem- was brilliant 70- seventeenth
0: of March two thousand and thirteen. If you want the exact. There game. you go.
2: There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So check that out. Um, oh. Absolutely brilliant. Oh God. Uh, listen, when uh, <laughs> <so> you're <laughs> in the company of Georgie and Jinky, it's no easy. It's no easy to no know where to drink. But they're top guys. Absolute top boys. Oh, apologies to anybody that thought I was black and into my oldies. He's
0: all right. he's one
2: He's all I, think, I think we've all got one of these skeletons in our covers, haven't we? <laughs> He's
0: all boy. boy's a shite bag anyway. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve, uh, Stevie, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure speaking to you tonight. Uh, thanks for giving up a lot of time uh, after you've been hard graft for a few hours. <laughs> uh, not at all. I can't
2: call it hard graft anymore. Now, guys, listen, always a pleasure. I mean it. I mean it. I really mean it. Um I'll get back to listening to some of the other ones as well. I've listened to a few. Know enough. I'll give you that. You know, a, a apology, but it's, it's brilliant what you're doing and it's great. And uh, unfortunately, I'm coming on after the Rangers game, so fingers crossed. That might be, you never <laughs> that, know. that will lose like the spirits. You'll exactly, lose
3: like the spirits. Exactly.
2: Let's way. not be too defeatist. Might get a wee drap. Who knows? Who you knows? Never know.
1: Stevie Campbell. What a man. Fantastic coach. Shite burglar. We thoroughly enjoyed speaking to Stevie the other night. Some of his stories were magic. And I finally get confirmation after all these years that Ian McCall actually did shite in Stainrod's shoe. Well, that was just glorious. Uh, the, the thing is, though, Ron, that story is now even better somebody else shot his other shoe. Uh, and it was a man that went on and worked for the police. Hmm. Uh, let the speculation begin on that one. We can maybe maybe get where all the muckers, the Arab Macam or Richie Rockefeller, on the case to see what it was. Uh, and a thanks must also go to my, my blue nose buddy, Jimmy Bell, for helping us set this one up. Jimmy's a great lad, despite his leanings towards the wee team up the road for us, uh, and he put us in touch with Stevie, and it was all sorted out fairly quickly after that. So for the first and probably last time on this podcast, I'm thanking a D. So cheers for the help,
0: Jim. Indeed. Thanks very much. It was good. And... uh we only asked twelve questions that was great Um, (laughs) right Uh, it's been an epic you know it's another three hour for you to get through this week but um, let's finish off on this day in association with the Arab Archive preserving the history of Dundee United Football Club since 2006 14th of December our focus today two games and two signings for you 1974 is where we begin as Christmas came early for United against a luckless Morton side that hadn't won in 11 outings after this latest calamity. It was indecision by Roy Baines that Dave Nery into head the first after only three minutes. The keeper hesitant again. The sixteenth minute when Andy Gray stroked in her second. Paul Hegarty nodded in the third. Doug Houston cross uh, from a Doug Houston cross in the twenty-third minute. A slip by George Anderson. The fifty-first minute was pounced on by Andy Gray, who slammed in the fourth. Paul Hegarty knocks the second of the match in the sixtieth minute. Finish off a superb move. Andy Rowland was upended in the box. Frankie Capel blasted home the 6th that finished Morton nil. United six to twenty thirteen. As we head for Rugby Park and the game got going. The second half for the score 0-0 at the break Stuart Armstrong set up Keith Watson to tap in the opener Armstrong himself got on the score sheet uh, turning the Killy defence inside out for the second Ryan Gold tapped in number 3 friend of the podcast Boyd scored with a minute left but there was still time for David Goodwill to chip in the fourth as United continued to score 4 goals in every game at finish 1 United 4 Chris Boyd get it right up ya yeah.
1: you should sure hope you tell him that they did
0: See if I I got close enough I might have have. I generally might have Uh, Right Signings Both would have been Both would be eligible For Who Am I The first though Even you would not have seen Play Paul Signed from Aberdeen Lads Club on this day in 1957. He had an immediate impact, was an ever-present for the rest of the season. And the reason I include, because sometimes we don't include some of the real older players, right? The reason I'm including this is because at the beginning of the season, um, well, basically, at the beginning of the season, 59-60, he was called up for national service, which was obviously a normal thing back then. So Jerry Kerr took the unusual step. He visited his commanding officer who agreed to have the player released to play for United as often as possible. I thought it was great. As a result, he missed just four matches over the promotion winning season and uh, season 1960-61 was his last week United uh, he left to join Liverpool for a fee of £30,000 in July 61 he also went down there to become an absolute club icon it's uh, of course on this day in 1957 was signed Ron
1: Yates very famous name down I swear
0: massive I just thought it was really interesting about the national service thing because obviously it was quite a and to only lose uh, miss four games Incredible. Yeah.
1: His, uh, his commanding officer must have been an Arab.
0: Hopefully. Our second signing was signed by Alex Smith for £80,000, played regularly in the 2000 2001 season. He was top scorer as well. He was a regular in the lineup for the next two years, but he never reached the goal scoring heights expected. And he was released in May 2003. He went to Livingston. But he'll always be known for his goal in that game at McDermott Park in 2001. Uh, on this day in 2000, he was signed Derek Lilly. Good finish shall... Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's 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 went down in history for us, isn't it? No,
3: mm.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was an all right player. He, he was. I don't think he was anything special, but he was. Uh, he would give you his all every game. I think he was one of them. He'd do a job for us these days.
0: Definitely. And uh, once again, thank you very much, the Arab Archive, for the superb resource that they are. The highlights of that game of 2013 are on there. and It's just beautiful uh, to watch. Mm. It really is. Uh, Goody's goal, by the way is well worth a watch he chips it in low it's like one of these low skim chip that beats about three boys legs in the goal it's well worth a watch it's a really good goal um, but that is it thank you very much of course uh, to everyone who has put up this long three hours two weeks before <laughs> Christmas <laughs> we love you for it uh, of course listen uh, looking back at the game United show we can defend well Rangers have been scoring for fun uh, now we just need to figure out how to really attack. Could that be the beginnings? Hibs away on Saturday. Do let us know what you're thinking. Over on social media, we are at Doad Fox Podcast. Well done to our winner of our Stay Home Scrandis League of Mug. Thank you if you've bought some uh, Doad Fox uh, merchandise over the past uh, weeks and months, uh, ahead of Christmas and all that. Your support is very much uh, appreciated. Thanks again to Stevie Campbell for his time on Thursday night. And do remember if there's only one thing for you to do this week wash your hands and your arsehole